0: Alright everybody, welcome to another episode. This is Hacked History, of course, the podcast that Jake and I are starting to record weekly now. Getting a little bit better at that. Anyway, We finally figured out how to use a (laughs) calendar. We figured out calendars. It's been a real innovation for our podcast. Anyway, uh, we do have a special guest on today's episode. Before we get to that, of course, the usual housekeeping. Uh, Please follow the podcast on social media. We're out there on Twitter, hacked underscore history. Instagram at hacked underscore history uh you can email us at hackedhistory101 at gmail.com we are on tiktok at hackedhistory um and yeah we also have a facebook if uh, you still use that uh, a lot of people are kind of not using it but if you do um also we appreciate any kind of ratings for things like that you want to throw out there um any feedback is great feedback anyway don't want to waste too much time today because we do have a very esteemed guest here i'm gonna let her introduce herself but audrey why don't you take it away
1: hi everyone i'm audrey um i am Co-host a podcast with my best friend Addie called Your Worst Nightmare. Um, it's a true crime and paranormal podcast, and you can find us on basically any listening platform: Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, some other weird places that people have found us. Um, and then, what about
0: what about the metaverse? Are you in the metaverse yet?
1: <laughs> I think so.
0: Um,
1: and you can find us on Instagram at Your Nightmare TCP. You can find us on Twitter at NightmareTCP. And if you have any questions or case suggestions, you can send us an email at YourWorstNightmareTCP at gmail.com.
0: By the way, I have to say, when I first heard the name Your Worst Nightmare before I read what the podcast was about, I was like completely going a different direction. I was like, is this going to be like a goth like horror podcast?
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm part of it. So you can laugh at that. That was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> 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 oh my god. So that was. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you don't seem oh, like I a was... horrifying person, so um, at least not I was going to say,
3: Lucas, what you had originally said to us was like when we were first hearing it, I'm like, well, it, we, we assumed it was true crime, but with what you were saying, you made me think of like that it was just like reading semi like sad poetry. Oh, oh,
1: oh. About... <laughs> okay, wait. Did you say goth horror?
0: That's what I said. Yeah. I thought you
1: said goth whore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said that.
3: Okay. And I, was well, like, you guys
0: I love. I love that. That's oh, I just this. thought
3: we was equipped. All right, that makes oh it my God. funnier. I, w- I want to leave
0: all of this in. Please it's do. just so natural. It's so this great. I'm
1: only oh. not wearing black because I I have to do my laundry. I ordinarily wear black, so.
0: Hey, I'm not making fun of God, people. Let's get one thing straight. Oh, of I don't have a I problem totally
1: at all. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. I'm just saying, I usually look different, but I'm very disheveled today, so.
0: <laughs> no worries at all.
3: I was going to say, Lucas and I both work. You, Lucas works in his respective job, and I work for a school district, so. Yeah, <sighs> I,
0: I work in 401k, so that's really exciting.
3: That's my day. <laughs> mm, taking phone call.
1: <laughs> I only yeah. have my podcast, so I don't have to. To look a certain way, because it's just Addy that sees me, and then my boyfriend when he comes home, and then he's like, "Have you gotten out of bed today?" No. All right, that sounds about right, and that's it.
0: Hey, you know what? <laughs> that's the that's the right type of relationship. That's you know that's that's, that's you're on point. You know, communication. I yeah. love it.
1: Exactly, symbiotic relationship.
0: You know who else had an interesting relationship? Potentially the subjects of our podcast oh, today. Oh, here, correct. oh, you're
1: right. Oh, oh didn't even think of that so I did want to say before I started this uh I I I think we already said this is Bonnie and Clyde right or did we not and I'm just dumb we did
0: not say it's Bonnie and oh, Clyde hey guys
1: but... my name's Audrey I'm covering Bonnie and Clyde today um
0: <laughs> what have you brought to class this I have a
1: single brain cell <laughs> it's only half functioning right now so I we will take it chose this because I believe was it you Lucas who reached out to me Yeah,
0: so, um, we, uh, we talked on a site, it's called Podmatch, uh, they don't sponsor this, but it's a good website if you have a podcast and you want to find people to come on to it, um, but I was like, hey, true crime podcast, that could be fun, and, uh, yeah, then I believe I messaged you.
1: Yeah, so, you were looking for some historical true crime, and I know the story of Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde is really romanticized and altered and changed into this beautiful love story and all this crap. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. And I figured, since this is hacked history, uh, I figured I'd just ruin everybody's day, bring us all down to what actually happened. Little did I that's realize kind of a, it was gonna ruin my own life today, so that's
0: that's kind of a vibe. Honestly, I try to Jake and I, I think just like try to one up each other but pissing each other off on the podcast. <laughs> Look I, I did it pretty good last uh, week for the episode we recorded it. He does it to me on a regular basis, so it's kind of just our vibe.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. It upsets our other friends group because they don't know when we're spearing around. So they're kind of like, you guys are always mad at each other. And we're like, no, we're just taking the talking the shit, dude. You need to That's relax. That's what
1: Addy
3: and I do, too. Oh, yeah. As soon That's as I amazing. listened to
1: you guys, I was I texted Addy. I was like, they're just like us. <laughs> um, I love finally. it. Yes. It's like our like, male versions in parallel universes. Uh, so I did want to say one thing. I kind of surprised myself when I was doing this, first of all, because I'm insane and did seven pages of research. And two, because I did not realize that I wouldn't be able to take a side. Uh, and I did want to just put that warning there. And I'm always open to like opinions and talking. I'm not a very in your face opinion type person. You know, I can have a respectful conversation. So if we disagree on something or you want to talk about something, I'm more than willing to. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there before I start.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Like, uh, Jake and I definitely disagree on things sometimes, and uh, it's it's always fun. To, it, it's more fun it, to me if, like, one of us disagrees, because if mm. we're just agreeing, then, like, you know, like, what's the fun in that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So are we good? I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm nervous, but I'm going to start.
0: Oh, you got this. 100%. Okay.
1: Uh, so, Bonnie Elizabeth Parker was born on October 1st, 1910 to Emma and Charles Parker in Rowena, Texas. I think I'm saying that right, hopefully.
0: Yeah, Rowena, okay. yeah. See, okay. if J- if Jake was doing this, I'd now ask him what part of Texas that was because I love to ask Jake geography
1: questions. Oh, is he good with geography? The one
3: near the middle. No, uh, <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> I'm screwed. Uh, Well, you can, sorry, you can look at, uh, you can look at Bay of Pigs episode one, where he asked me where a certain place Cuba was. (laughs) I I gave a half-assed answer of, it's there somewhere.
1: Um, I covered the the LaLaurie mansion with one of my other friends, and she asked me if Havana was in Florida, so.
2: (laughs) Oh. Yeah, so don't even feel (laughs) bad.
1: I told her, I was like, you are so pretty. And she's like, shut the fuck up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Lucas, can I use that from now on whenever you're wrong? (laughs) You are so pretty.
1: Yeah, I say it whenever someone says something dumb. That's
0: a good way to not say what you would probably want to say. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's good. That's good. I like it. Mm -hmm.
1: So, my next note says, she was the middle child, which explains a lot.
0: Ah, middle (laughs) child syndrome, classic.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Attention. Alrighty. Um so charles her father was a bricklayer by trade and this starts off pretty graphic real quick unfortunately when bonnie was four he fell from a scaffold at work and he broke his neck and died
0: yikes i mean that was like Jeez. during the days there was no osha during those days they <laughs> weren't like hey maybe we're a helmet
3: <laughs> you think the general consensus would have been helmets are for pussies get out Absolutely. there pretty much like
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. So, awful beginning to her childhood right away. Not only is she a middle child, now she's fatherless. So, that's, yeah, not good.
1: So, she actually had a fairly okay childhood. Um, Oh, really? Yes. Okay. It was just that her father died that kind of, I don't know, she was four, so she wasn't really old enough to know him, but she was old enough for it to affect her. So, now widowed um emma parker decided it would be best for her family to move in with her parents in west dallas where she worked as a seamstress and growing up bonnie dreamed of being on the silver screen she participated in pageants and talent shows and would perform her favorite country or broadway songs and she told all of her friends that she that they would see her name in lights one day which is very ironic they did
0: <laughs> they saw her name—that's for sure. I don't know if it was yeah. in lights, oh, yeah. but uh, <laughs>
1: I mean, it was when that movie came out in 1967, and you know, the Broadway musical. I, yeah,
0: like. I, I mean, I guess, like in I'll a way, meta- that movie. metaphorically, she did get her name in lights. Just not like it wasn't just—it wasn't, wasn't she her that was portrayed. Yeah, exactly.
3: Would we say it was in the lights of automatic gunfire, oh or?
0: <laughs> oh no, the cops' flashlights. as The bullets tore through the car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry we have real we, we like gallows humor so you're probably gonna get quite a bit of that it's okay
1: point. i i kind of prepared for it i was listening to some of your episodes i was like i need to take a breath <laughs> i need to prepare <laughs> for this um i also am keeping in mind that i need to leave room to let you guys respond instead of just going through shit because sometimes i'll just talk and talk and talk and talk so i'm trying to
0: Oh, that's totally fine, and we're gonna try to make sure we give you room too, because Jake kind of like to goof around, but we also don't want this to be like a six hour podcast. So we can yeah. o- I
1: mean, if you're okay with it, we could do multiple parts if we have to, but
0: Yeah, no problem. I mean if we have to do multiple parts that's not an issue okay. at all. So
1: So in Bonnie's sophomore year of high school, she dropped out of school with Roy Thornton and married him six days before her sixteenth birthday. Nice classy. <laughs>
0: okay
3: (laughs)
1: bonnie got a tattoo above her right knee of two hearts with both of their names inscribed in them
0: always a good idea make sure that you always inscribe every partner that you have on your body that will never go wrong
1: in two hearts above your kneecap when you get married six days before you turn 16. yeah great idea
0: sounds sounds like a recipe for success to me
1: absolutely well believe it or not their marriage actually fell apart insanely quickly because roy kept getting himself in trouble with the police and he kept cheating on bonnie
0: Oh, you mean he wasn't uh, faithful?
3: <laughs> no, he sounds like a real scum He Sounds like,
1: uh, you know, a regular 16-year-old. At the time. I mean, during the Depression, at least.
3: Yeah. Yeah, correct. So,
1: the two never got divorced, but they never saw each other again after 1929. After her marriage only took three years to fail, Bonnie then moved back in with her mother and became a waitress in Dallas where postal worker Ted Hinton, which is a name you need to remember was one Ted of her okay. regular customers. So, Ted Hinton. That's going to come up in approximately, like, five and a half hours, but, you know. Per- Keep it in Perhaps
0: mind. it's a hint for later in the story?
1: Yes. Like, literally one see- of the... I'm her writing answers. it
0: down. I- I'll go see myself out. I'm kidding. You went.
1: All right. Perfect. <laughs> when she was 18, Bonnie started writing diary entries about her loneliness, how much she hated her life in Dallas, and her love for photography, because she just had to be quirky and emo and... just...
0: Listen, she she had already gotten the tattoo, so like that was her like fairy tale. I'm gonna get married, phase, and now she's like, fuck the world. Let me just go at it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not here for the emo shit. I'm gonna be real. I'm not here for it.
0: I am mm. not. I, listen, I'm not here for it either. I was just kind of vibing with like the episode, but yeah, I'm not. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not an <laughs> emo person.
1: <laughs> so, Clyde Chestnut Barrow.
0: Chestnut. <laughs> Chestnut. That is the best middle name I have ever heard in my life.
1: That got me. You
3: just know it's like, it's like Babyface Nelson. You cannot laugh at that middle name because he will kill you. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like the one thing. Oh
0: God.
1: Uh, so he was born March twenty fourth, nineteen oh nine, to Henry Basil Barrow, and Basil. C- Very food-oriented family. In Ellis County, Texas.
0: Are these names real? Like, no. I, I mean, I know they are, but like, are these real names? Like, I just...
1: I entirely made these up, actually. This, this whole thing didn't actually happen. I just made it up.
0: You know, yeah, I, this is all one big ruse, Luke. That's a lot more believable. You know, you're a really creative person. You ever think about getting into the movies? Maybe screenwriting?
1: <laughs> yes, I was a theater director for a very long time, actually. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> so... Clyde was the, fi- uh, the fifth of seven children, and he belonged to an extremely poor farming family. And in the early 1920s, the Barrow family moved to Dallas, where they lived under their wagon until they could afford a tent.
3: Okay. I I gotta unpack the logistics of living under your own wagon. Yeah. I, a
1: <laughs> nine-person family sleeping under a wagon.
0: Oh, nine God. people, in okay. one wagon. Good God, that's, that's yeah, that's intense. Is
1: that like, never mind, not, I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. I think I know where you're going cool. <laughs> to we're gonna skip over to that. Know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so they lived under their wagon, they were trying to save up to buy a a tent, and originally, Clyde also dreamed of being a musician, so they shared dreams, how sweet. It's not.
2: Yeah. He often
1: sang and played the old guitar on the farm, and he taught himself how to play saxophone. As a teenager, he tried to enlist in the Navy, but he had suffered complications due to a disease growing up, likely yellow fever or malaria. And he received a medical rejection, despite already having tattooed USN on his left arm.
0: Well, I feel like army rejects are responsible for a lot of problems in US history. It's usually the people that get either kicked out or rejected from the army that have caused a lot of issues for us just as a country. (laughs) You know...
3: Well, and it's... yeah... Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's definitely a cautionary tale against tattooing anything on your body when that. you're roughly, like, a
0: month into anything.
3: I was just going to say that. Point.
1: There's a lot of similarities here.
0: <laughs> I actually went out and got a tattoo for this podcast recording, so, you know, oh, unfortunate. <laughs>
1: you just got my name. Audrey is the best. Just tattooed and then, right with, with, shoulder
0: And, and, shoulder. Then, and then, then, like, with the date right under it, too? Yes, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yep. Yeah.
1: Well, you should wait, like, two weeks. My birthday's in two weeks, so we should pretend that this is recording on March 3rd. So then you'll always remember Unless, my birthday, because it'll be tattooed.
0: I'll just get it redone, you know?
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> get it removed and redone.
0: Yeah, I mean, why not, right? <laughs> just take <laughs> a Sharpie painless. and go over it. Exactly. Uh,
1: um. <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> so, as a teenager, Clyde tried to... Oh, I already read that. God damn it. <sighs> it being just toxic. When Clyde started feeling like his dreams wouldn't take off, he fell under the bad influence of his brother, Buck. Aww.
0: Oh, Oh, Buck.
1: At 17 years old... (laughs) I'm sorry. Clyde was arrested for the first time for running from authorities when he was confronted about not returning a rental car on time.
0: God damn it, (laughs) Clyde.
3: Hertz rental dealt with it pretty severely. (laughs) There's like... (laughs) Calling the cops and the FBI. That's it, call the cops.
1: This is my favorite part. I think you guys are going to like this. Are you ready? His second arrest was three weeks later when he and his brother Buck were caught with an entire truck full of stolen turkeys.
0: Oh, no. I've heard about this. I think I've heard about yeah. this one, too. Oh, my God. It's just... Oh, my God. First of all, how do you even think to, that you're going to get away with that? That's, like, the one of the loudest crimes ever. Like, it's <laughs> oh, I can't literal... even think of that. I was gonna
3: say, and it's like an early nineteen hundreds truck, so the thing sounds like it's a, a covered fucking wagon. tractor when it drives. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's even better. <laughs> that is just the balls so your your getaway speed. speed is literally nil. Yeah. Fantastic. It's literally
1: a covered wagon. Um, I, I mean, oh my
3: god! I forgot that I forgot that this was effectively the yes <laughs> oh.
1: in Texas, and they it's were all so oh my power. god.
3: We're gonna get angry emails from Texas. who be like, "Don't you talk shit?" Oh, okay, like, so Sandy just <laughs> slides
1: into our DMs.
0: <laughs> oh, <the>
3: slides on. <laughs> <I> en- <laughs> what,
0: what is the what's the classic? course? just like, what is that SpongeBob? Oh, Texas? No, no, stupid. No, it's Texas. What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> yep.
1: I I never watched SpongeBob growing up like all that often, but I that's the one one of the things that I do remember is Sandy gets so defensive about Texas.
0: Oh, oh, Jake God. and I quote Spongebob all the time. It's kind of a problem. It's, that's one of our yeah. that's one of our issues is that we just quote Spongebob. We devolve into it.
1: Addie and I quote oh, Bob's yeah. burgers all the time, but we would probably be quoting SpongeBob if I ever knew what she was talking about. She and my Fair boyfriend enough. will talk in SpongeBob quotes all the time. But it's I like, never it's, understand.
0: It's a world it's a weird cultural touch point for people that are like in like the age group that we are, that like it's just like yeah. SpongeBob is just like another language.
3: I was gonna say it's like yeah, it's like SpongeBob and like nine eleven, like those two things are kind of like synonymous. Usually of, like, the not at the same culture.
0: time, but sometimes <laughs> not at the
3: same time. There's a tier system we put in place. I don't know which one you want to put first. I'm gonna let you take that particular question, but
1: Wait, why if don't we don't ask? Mind Cl- me asking,
3: <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, where are you guys? How old are you guys?
0: I'm 25.
3: I am 24. Oh,
1: I'm gonna be. I'm almost 22. So we're not that.
0: <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty close. <laughs> cool. I don't. I, we may look older than that because of the beards, but yeah, we're pretty.
1: <laughs> well, I also look like I'm 16, so that's not helpful.
3: I was gonna say I was. I mean, I never wanted to say anything about age, but I was like, "Oh, she looks like she'd at least be like 23 or, or within the range of really? where me and Lucas are." Honestly, so, I didn't.
0: Yeah. I didn't know. I could the dimples make it look like you could have been younger, but like I also thought you could have been in your 20s. So I, I was not sure.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, most people think I'm like not old enough to be driving. <laughs>
3: Yeah, people think people think I'm a lot older than I actually am.
0: My favorite part is if I left this in, people would have no visual reference, so it'd just be like us talking about how we look like. So people would just be like,
3: <laughs> "We'll accompany a YouTube video of us hand drawing this conversation out." Well, Even if I wanted to, I could
0: I could just post the Zoom, but that'd be no one wants to see that.
1: No. In the least offensive way possible, and like I I don't know how to not be blunt. So when I say things, I'm I'm not coming from a mean place. I'm just T-
0: totally fine. Okay.
1: I, I I'm not good at being social. So when I first listened to the podcast, I figured you guys were around my age, and I because you guys sounded like frat boys. And then I was like, there's no way, there's no way yes. they're into history. There's it's no actually, way.
3: It's actually kind of funny because if anybody would be considered a frat boy, Lucas, you'd probably be it.
0: But thanks, Jake. But I mean, I, we do say it's some, a compliment. I mean, that's fair. We do say some pretty like, yeah, I can see you could get that. We we. Do sound kind of like very jocular sometimes.
1: It's just like yeah. your voices. I don't know what it is. Also, your we names. both have
0: kind of like Jake and Lucas. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It's only two like white boys that could be like pounded bruise at like at state college. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, my boyfriend's like, name is Justin,
1: one. and he thinks that he doesn't have a frat boy name, and I'm like, get your head out of your ass,
0: Justin. That's like one of the most common. I actually. Yeah. Get this. I knew a frat boy in in that goes to college that went to college here, whose name is Justin. So, <laughs> yeah. proof
3: I of, was gonna say, yeah, I think I was gonna say it's either like for me, it's either like a Justin or like a Chad or, or, which or is Brad, like the typical, yeah, Brad yes. or or Cody okay. or something like. But it's gotta be Chase, K- Chase with a K. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Chase, maybe <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Chase, yes,
1: mm-hmm. yep, uh, I. Feel- that's anyway. my place. Oh, my God.
3: Happens a lot with us, actually. Do we Sentinel all have dad. ADD?
0: I think we do that. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. Oh, have you... Have you... Have you... <laughs> Clinically
3: diagnosed, actually, but that's great. <laughs> have you listened to our podcast? This it. is gonna
0: be so much fun to edit. I cannot
1: wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Oh. Ooh, <laughs> Calming down. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the turkeys, and then... And yeah, then the we turkeys just got off the back. wagon. Okay. <laughs> So, Clyde worked real jobs from 1927, but 1929, but he also made quite a profit from robberies, stealing cars, and cracking safes. So, good honest All work. Right. In January 19...
0: Yep. 19- and that time, that was good honest work, you know? Make your money in West Dallas, right?
1: I mean... Yeah. No.
0: I'm, okay, listen. I am not supporting robberies. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did not mean...
1: I don't pick up on social cues. I'm truly, like, socially, I don't understand how to be social. So it's nothing against you. It's just me.
0: No, no problem at all. <laughs> I was making sure that we knew that I was not. No. Oh, I know.
1: I figured that out. <laughs> but I couldn't tell if you were like, I don't know. Most it of doesn't matter. Mo- you just have lo- a very lo- dry just- sense of humor. And I have a hard time to that's, p- picking up on that's fair certain tones. Yeah.
0: Oh, no problem, and I'll just know that most of the stuff that I say is gonna be heavily sarcastic. Okay.
1: I'm good with that. I'll I'll keep that in mind. So in January nineteen thirty, Clyde met Bonnie at a social gathering at Clarence Clay's house. Clarence Clay was a good friend of Clyde's and he was also Bonnie's brother's brother in law. So Bonnie's brother's wife's brother.
0: Sweet, so we got some yeah, hill, you got it right, hillbilly, yeah. hillbilly genetics. I love it. Let's go. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, Bonnie was in the kitchen making hot chocolate when Clyde walked in and they first laid eyes on each other. They immediately fell for oh each God. other and were inseparable for the next few weeks until Clyde was arrested for auto theft in April 1930 and sentenced to 14 years.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just I'm just thinking about like the love side. He writes, like, when I walked into the kitchen and you were mixing the chocolate, I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I said it the way that I said it. I was like, oh, so sweet, it's and then he so... got arrested.
0: It's so amazing.
1: Just ruin everything, bring y'all back down. Don't get too happy. So did
0: Bonnie get it yet? Did Bonnie get another tattoo yet?
1: <laughs> no. So shortly after being brought to Eastham, Eastham Prison Farm, Clyde escaped using a weapon that Bonnie had smuggled in for him. He was caught very nice. quickly and then sent right back to prison.
0: Back, nice. Okay, so he's just make a little visit home, You're like, hey, Bonnie, like, I love you, but, like, I'm going, probably going to go back, like.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Addie and I usually do trigger warnings for stuff like this, so I'm just going to say it if oh, you.
0: Oh, yeah, fair enough. No, no, go ahead.
1: Uh, For, like, sexual assault.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, we, we haven't really covered a whole lot of that on our podcast, I so figured. definitely, yeah, no, definitely go ahead with that, All that's right. for sure. So
1: I just wanted to say that this is a trigger warning if any of you want to skip over the next 15-30 seconds go ahead Um, and this is the only trigger warning in the entire case Clyde was continuously sexually assaulted in prison and in an act of self defense he crushed his assailant's skull with a pipe
0: that's probably one of the only things in the episode that like I really don't blame him for like Mm -hmm. you know that's yeah that's really rough
1: yeah and he was mm, 21 ish around this time so he's he's still young. I mean, to when all of this happened, they were about our age, and to me, I'm like they were basically kids. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm 25, but like, I really don't like the concept of like adult things. Sometimes, still like, just absolutely flummoxes me. I still have to file my taxes, and I'm petrified. Right. <laughs> so, I get it.
1: Right. So, I think that's where I'm like having trouble with my. Not necessarily my sympathy, but kind of where my head lies in this Well, it's whole... hard to have
0: perspective on things when you're not, like, far removed or, like, even at all removed from that same, like, demographic yourself. Right. It's much easier to look at kids and be like, oh, like, I can... I remember when I was that age, but then, like, I know all these other things now. But, like, when you go through, like, all these things now and you're looking through, it's like, well, I kind of understand some of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it. it's very much... Um, I don't know if you think at all about the nature versus nurture situation. That's something Addie and I talk about a lot. Sorry if I keep bringing up my podcast. It's just kind of relevant. Nah,
0: plug, plug it. <laughs>
1: um, we talk about nature versus nurture a lot because sometimes shit like this happens out of nowhere and sometimes it's brought on. And in this case, for everyone involved, it was very much a nurture situation. They were put in a bad situation and... They did what they had to do. And, um... Yeah. I mean, as a poor 22-year-old, I wouldn't go this far, but I've definitely... I mean... I don't know. I It's not... I definitely haven't thought about doing any of this stuff. But there are things in my head that I'm like, I really need money. I would do anything right now to have money.
0: Well, and, like, it's, like... It, like, this isn't, like, a unique case in that standpoint, because, like, people, like, even nowadays are still facing those same things, mm-hmm. like, um, when you look at, like, more highly, r- highly written, like, crime communities and things like that, it's usually because people are born into that life and they have no other way to, like, get out of that, like, easily, so a lot of times they'll turn to things to try to make money or things like that, where, you know... You look at, it, like, when you're in a position of, like, not having to worry about those things, you don't necessarily, you look at those things and you're like, well, why would someone do that? And you, sometimes, like, I think we don't realize how much of, like, that's not necessarily a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to try to make money. I'm not condoning it, but, like, you know. You're looking um, at the different you know, perspectives. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And that that's the thing, is I can see perspectives on everybody's side, and that's why I'm having a hard time with, like, my morals in this case. Uh, that's
0: the that's the fun and kind of, like, irritating thing about history. Sometimes there is no, like, exact right or wrong.
1: It's all like, gray area.
0: It just is. Yep. Exactly.
1: Yep. So, um, as I said, Clyde just murdered someone in prison, and it was his first murder, but because he was so young and acting in self-defense, another inmate already serving a life sentence took the blame for Clyde, because he didn't want Clyde to have to suffer in prison for the rest of his life.
0: Right, that makes sense. Which
1: was really sweet, um, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not condoning murder, yeah. but in an act of self-defense, you shouldn't be punished for that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he was getting molested by somebody, and he fought back. Right. And it did turn out to kill the guy, but it's not like that was his main intent. He just didn't want to get sexually assaulted again.
1: Right. Which is understandable. Um,
0: yeah, 100%. So, in January
1: 1932... Clyde got fed up with the harsh labor he was being forced to do in the fields because the prison basically enslaved the prisoners that they had. And they were being abused and treated horribly. The guards were abusing them. The other prisoners were abusing them. Um, so it was it, it was just a disaster all around. And so... I'm sorry, this, this part's ridiculous. You're going to laugh at this. So to try to get put wait. in a better prison... He took an axe to his left foot, chopping off his big toe and part of his second oh, toe. Oh no! <laughs> he tried to disable himself.
0: Oh uh, yikes! Well,
1: he he did, cause he walked with a limp for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, I mean, people don't realize how much your toes contribute to balance.
1: Well, yeah, your big toe—you can't balance without your big toe.
0: <laughs> exactly. And he's like,
1: doink, <laughs> goodbye. He uh, Joe Goldberg that shit. Really? Lucky.
2: Oh.
3: Actually it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I was oh no. <clears throat>
1: They would mutilate themselves oh, i was gonna mm-hmm. say um
3: so i've been to alcatraz as part of like just a vacation i took with family right and yeah one of the amazing things that i always keep hearing from people <laughs> An is the fact that they're thinking. like oh by right. the way so and so right. would because they didn't I mean, want i'd be to remiss if i don't just whatever say the thing like, the culture had has that not necessarily was, like, gotten a ton better nowadays it it's at least a or little bit better but or like private and things like that not good Whenever yeah, they yeah. would be sent to the like, wood shop, they would just, like, just, I, I truly just like, believe not that dismember themselves, but they would, like, take off fingers. Punishment. Yeah, they would take, they would uh, take oh, yeah, fingers we'll off. What's her in the big house, because then they're, they're like, we are just going to just let y'all right. have um, run of it to a point. And we'll just beat you whenever we feel like
0: you need to beat
3: Yeah, so.
1: So, you're going to laugh at this, too. Some of this, I was reading this, I was like, there's no fucking way. Um... But there that this all happened i I cannot make this shit up if I tried. So it's unclear whether he chopped up his own toes or if he had someone else do it for him, but it was a stupid pu- stupid move on his part anyway because as I said, he spent the rest of his life hobbling uh, two, he could now only drive cars with only socks because shoes inhibited his ability to balance his foot on the gas pedal because <laughs> gas pedals <laughs> were literally like three inches wide oh, yeah, in think
0: he. <laughs> He did not think this through. No, he did no, not. He didn't. And
1: I know a fair amount about the cars because there was like a whole thing about the cars in this story. Um, I actually called my dad as I was doing this research because he's building a thirty-one Model A.
0: Oh, Ooh. very cool. Those cars are super cool, by the way. Yeah, super jealous of people
2: and back in the day.
1: Well, we're building a seventy-seven El Camino together too, which is
2: oh, Ooh. the El Camino. I'm
1: doing. He's doing all like the building, but I'm doing the um interior work. Like, I'm...
3: The, the detailing and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: doing all the painting. That's... I'm sewing all of my interior. My, um, upholstery. Stuff like that. Nice. So, um, I did call him, because Clyde would only drive Ford V8s. He would scout for cars until he could find a Ford V8 to steal. So I just yeah. thought it was interesting, so I called my dad while I was doing this research. Anyway, it doesn't matter, so... He only drove socks with, or only drove cars with socks on, because shoes threw off his balance on the gas pedal. And just
0: the thought of him like getting into a car and like taking off his shoes. Hold right. on, oh, I gotta get my shoes off.
1: Imagine being on the run and your car breaks down and you have to run with just one sock and one shoe. Oh my god. <laughs> Sir, I was gonna
2: say, you're not going anywhere. At.
3: Yeah, imagine it's getting so, shot at though. It's the same stress.
0: thing, or it's it, just like fucking hell. The s- Besides the boards, this sounds like a Three Stooges skit.
1: Yes, (laughs) I. The end of this Uh. is exactly like a comedy movie about villains. I was telling my boyfriend about it. I was like, "You need to listen about how all these people died because it's hilarious." Uh, Not that death (laughs) is funny, but just the way they all died is so Looney Tunes, like the actual show. Like, um,
0: oh yeah, yeah, Roadrunner. Sure, reminds me of Roadrunner. See, fun fact that you don't need to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Please. I went to an elementary school that was uh, our mascot was the Roadrunners. Roosevelt the Roadrunners. Oh,
1: nice. That's cool. <laughs> that was
0: pretty neat. Yeah.
1: So, the last reason cutting off his toes was absolutely just beyond stupid was because his mother's plea to get him out of prison was successful, and he was paroled six days later.
2: Oh my god. Why? Six days later. Uh,
1: She cut 12 and a half years off of his sentence.
2: Oh my fucking
0: god. Okay, so, like, do we know, like, what specifically... Did she just write a letter? Like, what was... Um,
1: she... She made a plea to the court. Um, Oh, okay.
0: She went... Okay.
1: Yep, and... They were like, alright
0: and i was
3: going to say like I, that can be indicative too of the time frame because there's a lot of cases where like the, the i think was it mob barkers a good example where you have like oh sure you have like like mothers of gangsters or mothers mm-hmm. of like cr- like criminal people or cats yeah, that's specific enough criminal organization types but where they're like now, I just want you to know that my boy, he's just the sweetest boy. He would never hurt yep. a fly. Yes, I know he shot that cop in the face, <laughs> but that's just one time. And it's like, no. <laughs> and the guy and the guy in the courtroom, the judge would be like, that's good enough for me. Let him go.
1: Well, <laughs> She's just the there, issues like, come on too, now. I believe, I don't know if this was too late for that. If this was like closer to the late 1800s, but I believe that overpopulation was still a big issue in oh, the yeah. early 30s mm-hmm. so I think they were just like okay bank robbery you, yeah you can go Yeah. whereas there's like well, convicted murderers and I don't know, you know arsonists like rapists
3: and shit yeah like other nastier stuff exactly. that well, would definitely require
2: exactly. just- yeah
0: I, I, I mean like when well, we don't think about like just to give some context historically talking about like the late 1800s early 1900s we tend to forget just how, like, much frontier justice there was going on and just, like, how, like, undeveloped, like, the western portion of the country was mm-hmm. for, like, a good portion of that time still. Because you have the east that's, like, very overpopulated, and you have people trying to go west um, and south in some cases to places like Texas to sort of kind of, like, make their homestead and kind of make it. But then, like, people don't realize how difficult that is, so you end up with people in extreme cases of poverty with, like, no... Um, great ways to make money which is what breeds some of these sorts of things and then you kind of have just like a bunch of court cases and probably overpopulation in jails because you've got all these people getting arrested
2: because mm-hmm. so...
3: we, we have the same problem now too With when it came down to like legalizing weed it was the same issue where it was like you had all this set up in the Nixon administration of like well we'll just basically make weed illegal and then all of a sudden you ended up having a whole slew of cases that had to be dealt with at local levels that they just couldn't handle mm-hmm. that workload then mm-hmm. they were like oh shit
1: mm-hmm.
3: oh what do we do now
1: <laughs> right yeah and I think when was prohibition around this time as well
3: around... So prohibition
0: was the uh, 20s 20s oh, so... and like the early 30s I think by this the 30s they... yeah so, so this it's still close to the end of prohibition but it's yeah because yep. I know
1: later I know Bonnie was an alcoholic I forgot to write that down I knew I'd mentioned it at some point which is why I didn't write it down so I don't know if that changes anything that has to do with well, anything we're um, about to say
2: I,
3: I mean it adds I think to the mystique if we want to use that word of these people that a lot of folks kind of glean onto now where it's like well look at this woman who's you know throwing off societal norms by getting a tattoo and showing well, her ankle, and drinking, and smoking, and it's like, it was something I, that was unheard of, and a very, I would still say at the time, it was pretty Puritan, or Puritan sort of mindset. Well,
0: it, it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, because the eastern part of the country was very orthodox, and like, in, in like their traditions, and like, not orthodox, like, religion-wise, but like, orthodox, and like, this is how things work. Yeah. But the farther west in the country you went, the crazier shit got. And I would also say that, like, the your body being very um, much an alcoholic is a perfect point out to like it just makes her even more of an impulsive personality, mm. which is oh, probably yeah. important when we're kind of looking at what happens later. Is she's obviously very impulsive, but like that's just another example showing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, going back real quick to the nature versus nurture thing, where I said mm-hmm. that I think everybody involved here it was definitely a nurture situation. Clyde's sister Marie said that when Clyde got out of prison, quote, something awful must have happened to him in prison because he wasn't the same person when he got out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I think that, I don't think it was anything his family did. I don't think it's anything Bonnie's family did either. Um, I truly just think it was the people that they were surrounded by, regardless if it was mm-hmm. their romantic partner or the people they were in prison with. I think that's kind of where everything sparked. So Clyde, as soon as he got out of prison, he went to rob a series of grocery stores and gas stations at a rate that surpassed the bank robberies attributed to him. So most people think that Bonnie and Clyde only robbed banks, but they only robbed about 15 banks, uh, usually not getting more than $100 per robbery. Uh, And they frequently robbed gas stations and small stores instead because they were easier to flee and they only took $5 to $10 from each store. Which in today's yeah. money, I believe, to twenty times increase, so like one to two hundred dollars.
0: Um, yeah. So I mean, they weren't like uh, they weren't taking like all of the money they possibly could. No. So again, that speaks to like just sustainability. Like mm-hmm. they were stealing as a means of like a, that was their career. It wasn't like it wasn't like a heist. Like we're gonna steal all the possible money we can. It was more like let's just steal money so we can like buy dinner for the next three days. Well, yeah, and you that's what, what they mean? were doing. Yeah. Is
1: they were doing what they could to survive, basically. Um, Clyde's weapon of choice was the M1918 Browning Automatic Rifle, or B.A.R. for short.
3: Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, actually, that and this. I did the inflation calculator for 1932. You purchased an item for $10. It's worth $205 now.
1: Oh, I'm good. So pretty
3: cool. It's a, it's a 1,952.2% increase. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about the numbers. Um, damn inflation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's enough to get by for sure.
1: Yeah. At that's good then. for like a week.
3: Yeah. Um, enough to, enough to definitely bounce from town to town. So you can keep yourself from being right. seen.
0: Yeah. Enough to facilitate you not getting caught for the crimes. You need to just sustain mm-hmm. your life, which yeah. is mm-hmm. just, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Clyde's ultimate goal wasn't about money, it wasn't about getting rich, it was to seek revenge against the Texas prison system for abusing him. So that's his villain origin story, if you will. Yeah. Um,
0: This is when he starts writing his manifesto? Yes.
1: (laughs) We'll call him Dante. So... (laughs) Ralph Fultz, a fellow inmate, became a member of the Barrow Gang, which was the group of outlaws led by Clyde Barrow. So this Ralph guy was in prison with Clyde. He and Clyde made a plan to release as many inmates from East Ham Prison Farm as possible once they got out. Ralph smuggled a hacksaw blade to Ray Hamilton, who was one of Clyde's longtime neighborhood friends. Ray escaped a prison in McKinney, Texas on January 27th, 1932. This is where shit goes down. Are you ready?
0: Yes, I'm, I'm ready.
1: So, on March 22nd, 1932, Bonnie, Clyde, Ray, and Ralph attempted to rob a hardware store, but were caught before they could actually go through and rob it. Yeah. The four drove off in a stolen car, but upon getting stuck in the mud, they fled on foot. Clyde and Ray were able to get away, but Bonnie and Ralph were arrested. Ralph was sentenced to 10 years, but was parted in, pardoned in 1935, and that was after Bonnie and Clyde had been killed so he obviously never joined the gang again but Bonnie was only in jail for three months because there was no sufficient evidence against her and they couldn't hold her so she was only in there until her trial basically nice so this is kind of where the story starts to get a little mixed up and where people get a little confused on the facts because Clyde and Ray continued to commit crimes while Bonnie and Ralph were in prison however the Bonnie and Clyde duo were already so infamous and iconic at this point that the media began to use Bonnie's name next to Clyde's for publicity, despite the fact that she wasn't involved. Hmm. So, which is
0: interesting because, like, seriously, so like, the media started attributing crimes to her that she did not even do, mm-hmm. which is like the reverse of the Hollywood tactic where they make her look like she's the most innocent person to be, ever.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. And this is her villain origin story. So, she started being, um, why can't I think of words, accused of crimes that she didn't commit, because people in the media wanted money. So, from this point on, um, I kind of pushed some of the articles I found aside, and I started fact-checking a little bit more, because... My boyfriend was nice enough to send me $12 to buy 2,500 pages from the FBI archives of the whole body and glad Ooh. case.
3: You get that for 12 bucks?
1: Yes. <laughs> I can email you guys that my whole file if you want it.
0: Oh, please yes, do. Absolutely. That is
1: amazing. Yes. So a lot of it, there's like a book, there's transcriptions, there's um, the whole FBI yes. file. So I have that all in a folder and I didn't get it until after I finished my first page of notes. So this is... <laughs> The reason I got it is because I got confused because this is where the story started getting mixed up in different articles. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I found this thing and it was like 2,500 pages of blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I am buying this. And I texted Justin about it. I was like, I think I want to buy this Bonnie and Clyde file for $12. And he sent me $12 and I was like, "I I would die for you. (laughs) <laughs> like...
3: i was i was gonna say uh, there was a couple times where i've had to spring and put out FOIA requests to the cia for certain topics and mm-hmm. lucas is like that's how we do it and i'm like they said no let's <laughs> <laughs> just be like no no we won't give you this on this potentially secret thing that would definitely not be okay <laughs> i do love that she tried though and that means the most to me I'm on their list now. They're like, "This fucker asks again. We're gonna kill so, like, him." We're, we're definitely
0: both on their list, given all the stuff we
3: talked hey, about. At yeah, least, so that's,
1: at least, your entire Google history is not murdering ghosts.
0: That's true. That's fair. But that sounds awesome, though. Personally, like, I think that's amazing. So. It's
1: all right. Ugh. I give myself nightmares <laughs> sometimes. I did Robert the doll this week. I did it yesterday. Oh, oh
3: no! Boy. Yeah, Robert. Oh mm. no!
1: No, I love Robert. Do not disrespect him. Well, I
3: don't disrespect I'm, him, oh, but no, I'm no, definitely
0: no. Well, scared a, of him.
1: <laughs> I'm scared of him, though. I'm I... petrified of Robert. <laughs> when the episode comes out, you'll understand why I'm not... I I mean, I am scared of the power that he holds, but I don't think... Like, I'm not scared of him as a spirit.
0: Oh, that's fact. True, true. I, I, I think it's, also...
1: in, it's
3: like a... Sorry, it's, isn't it like a child's ghost or something like that? Isn't that the uh, original idea?
1: There's a lot of theories. Um, actually, there's not. There's... I... There are almost no theories on who Robert is. And there's huh. a lot a lot of people speculate. So a lot of people have different ideas in their minds, but there's no one set theory. My theory is that he's a manifestation of the boy Robert, whose doll he was.
0: Oh. Because that makes sense.
1: It's yeah. Uh, if you listen to the episode, it comes out tomorrow at 10. We will
0: We will have to listen to the episode yeah. for sure. It's, yeah.
1: it's good. But I mean I communicate with spirits. I don't want you guys thinking I'm insane, but
0: No, 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 no. I mean, I, um, I have, like, a big cardboard cutout of Zach Bagans in my living room, because I love Ghost Adventures, so.
1: Oh. Don't hate me for, (laughs) like, (laughs) talking shit about Zach Bagans on my podcast all the time. No,
0: no, listen, I talk shit about him, too, it's like a love-hate thing. I I just started getting a
1: love-hate thing. It just sparked for me, I was like, oh, I kind of love him, and I just hate him so much.
0: No, it's not that like I would like l- write love songs about him. I just think he's a very interesting person, and I enjoy watching this show because of that. Yeah. But like, I do not like. Yeah, no. He's you can so talk dramatic. about drama him you want to. Oh, so dramatic! The earlier seasons of Bastard because he starts provoking. He's like, come
1: at me, ghost. I know. Like-
3: oh my god. I know. Yeah, provoke this thing that it, if it does like. If if you're trying to prove it exists, then I'm gonna fist fight you, you fucker! It's like no,
1: can I tell no, 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 a real fucked up story that happened yes. to me today. So you guys are obviously believers, unless you're just agreeing yeah. with me and you think I'm insane. Uh, no,
3: well actually, I mean Lucas might not have, but I have seen or at least heard some shit because okay, we do I can a. See, uh, I, I, I yeah, see I've
0: seen some shit as well. Yeah, really?
1: Yes, my my Damn. grandfather. Um, my grandfather spirit sometimes sleeps under my bed. Yeah. That's a whole thing. I'll get to that later. So this morning I was sitting, I'm doing my and Clyde research. I'm sitting in bed and my dog is sitting next to me and we both like look up and on the corner of where the walls intersect, a giant black shadow. None of my windows are open. All of, I have all blackout curtains only my overhead lights are on, and this black shadow goes from one corner and darts all the way to the other corner of my room, and then wow. it goes down under Justin's gaming computer under his desk, and my dog just sat there growling at the desk for like ten minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, and Jesus. She
1: that is growl. Fucked
0: up. Like, they do say like that animals can sense that better than humans can at times, too.
1: Yeah. No, I see them a lot. It's a little...
0: That's, like, super interesting, though, like... Wow. Yeah, I... That... I would not want to see that during the day, because I'd be like, how do I even go about the rest of my day now? Oh.
1: I mean, it's been happening to me since I was, like, a freshman in high school, so eight issues?
0: So I guess you're kind of used to it at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I got very off track there. No, that was was
0: awesome, though. Like, that was... That was cool,
1: Um, so... No, oh, I was talking about the court documents. Oh, I I got yeah. the I'll have to send you the PDF. Okay. Yeah, my note said... Um, I am a crazy person who is obsessed with court documents. It's true.
0: Oh, that's right. You I did, guess you accurate. It, yeah. I don't know.
1: It's true. My, but I didn't read that from my notes. I said that out loud, but I actually wrote it in my notes. Oh.
0: So... I feel like you put that in your pod match thing, too. I think I remember you... You said something. I think you did. Maybe you didn't, but I think you did. Maybe. Regardless.
1: I don't know. I don't go... I only go on there when people reach out to me. I'm too shy and awkward for that shit. So... I've been
0: trying to be more... Huh? Better about that. I've been trying to be better about going on there and, like, reaching out to people.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I get so discouraged when someone reaches out to me, and then I reach out back, and then they don't answer, and I'm like, uh... Shit. So... All right, Clyde, what'd you do this time? On March 25th, three days later, I'm assuming this is three days after Bonnie got arrested? Yes, okay, that's where I left off. So three days after Bonnie and Ralph got arrested, um, Clyde robbed Sims Oil Company and the manager was able to identify Clyde by pictures, but of course the media said Bonnie was there too. She was not Um, and that that information actually came from her mother who was with her in prison on those days that they were saying that she was in these places that she wasn't. So that's in the the PDF file that I'm going to send you guys. There's a whole book on accounts from Bonnie's mother, Clyde's family, all that good stuff. So that's
0: very cool. It is very,
1: very cool. On April 27th in Hillsborough, Texas, Clyde and Ray asked John Butcher to open his store back up for them because they needed guitar strings for a new music performance. Clyde...
0: (laughs) I love how these guys are, like, robbing places, like, but wait, we gotta get the band going again.
1: (laughs) Seriously, no, they they showed up and they were like, oh my god, I have this really important band thing to get to, and my guitar strings broke, I really need guitar strings, and this poor little guy was like, (laughs) oh, all right, I'll, I'll let you in, you can buy some guitar strings, right? So, Clyde's driving the getaway car, he's sitting outside. Well, Ray fucking shoots John... Just kills him while he's making change. And... It was so unnecessary. Yeah. Fucking
3: smooth move, Ray. Listen. Jesus.
1: Ray's a nut job. So... Oh, yeah. Clyde had nothing to do with the murder. And he, honest to God, thought it was just a robbery. And this can be corroborated due to the fact that he denied involvement until the day he died. But he had no problem being open about other murders that he had been involved with. So, yeah, and
0: why and why would he lie about just the right. one? Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And like we'll see later Ray is insane. So um cuz he's just basically he's just trigger happy like he will shoot anybody.
3: Which is what you want on the uh on the robbery team, but in all cases is the loose cannon that you don't know what he will do. <laughs>
2: you
0: want the loose cannon that'll just potentially fuck everything up and you and won't get be able to caught. stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> Dumbass. So, let's see. Where did I leave off? Sorry. On August 5th, 1932, sheriffs Eugene Moore and Charles Maxwell responded to a disturbance at an outdoor dance in Stringtown, Oklahoma, where they found Clyde and Ray drinking moonshine and being sus around the parked cars because they were probably going to steal one.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Mm. (laughs) It's like,
1: where's the V8? (sighs) Yeah, for real. Um... (laughs) Clyde and Ray opened fire, killing Eugene Moore and severely injuring Charles Maxwell, but he survived. <sighs> Eugene was the first of nine officers the gang would go on to kill, not to mention the other three civilians that they killed.
0: Yeah, they did hate the shit out of cops. They really did. Yeah. T- but- They had a reason. Yeah, they did have a reason. And to be fair, like, a lot of the reason that the that Bonnie and Clyde were so popular is because America got kind of captivated because a lot of Americans also hated cops in this time period. For a lot of the reasons that we've already talked about, where, like, a lot of people were, like, very poor and didn't yeah, have much and, way to do it, and, like, and they kind saw bodying, the... They saw these two as, like, a way to, like, stick it to the man, almost.
3: Yeah, because yeah, isn't that the way they saw it, with, saw it with banks, regardless of the fact that most of the bank robberies, at least way out in the asshole of nowhere, usually were the ones affecting the fucking farmers that had mm-hmm. all their savings in it? Yep. Like,
1: smooth. Yep. And Idiots. also because for some reason, every white woman in the country is just so obsessed with a good love story and I can't fucking handle that. It's a lot. It's like, Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just maybe find the right man. Stop dating frat boys and horrible people.
0: What happens if you put, like, Clyde in, like, today's universe, but you, like, let him go to, like, Michigan State? Does he just become, like, a big frat boy like what's our what's our view on that
1: i think here's here's what i think i think all the girls would be all over him because he's dark and mysterious and he'd yeah, be like fair. i don't want any of you and he'd reject all of them and make that make them want him more
0: i think you like sub it you like sub his like guitar playing for like freestyle rapping
3: and i oh, feel like we're sure. pretty <laughs> Actually, I'll I'll, I'll one-up you on that. I don't think he would get rid of his guitar playing. I think he would intensify the guitar playing to be that guy at every party oh, that plays the guitar. Actually,
1: I think he would oh, intensify the no, saxophone guitar, playing.
3: Oh, oh, yes.
2: Kenny yes. G.
1: Sorry, Kenny G. He, be
3: like, Kenny be like, and Bill, and Kenny's the only it, good person out of that trio of people who would do that. But it
0: wouldn't be Kenny G. It'd be Clyde B on the saxophone. Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. <Jesus Jesus
1: Christ. laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway shit i I keep losing my spot i hate having a rock for a brain
0: i feel like jake and i are definitely not helping either we definitely have this effect on people it's okay
1: (laughs) i am appreciating it because it's keeping me from getting too serious which i have a tendency of doing uh so this hasn't been proven but it's possible and very likely that on october 11th 1932, Clyde tried to rob Howard Hall, a local butcher, at the grocery store and murdered him.
0: God, he just, uh, A lot of failed robbers ending in gunfire and murder here.
1: Yeah. yeah. We find out why it ends in murder uh, in a little while. I don't know how long a little while is, but eventually we do.
0: Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: um, on Christmas Eve, 1932, Bonnie and Clyde went home for Christmas... And Clyde sought the help of 16-year-old W.D. Jones to be his new accomplice, since Ray was apparently extremely problematic. Yeah,
0: it makes Who sense. Who would have guessed?
1: Um, at some point in December, Ray ended up being imprisoned at East Ham Prison Farm anyway. Uh, and I just keep in mind that this W.D. Jones person is 16. He's He's a child, like actually a child. Um, I love it.
0: It's like, you're such a bad accomplice, I'm gonna hire a 16-year-old who's probably also impulsive, but, like, not as impulsive as your ass. <laughs>
1: hmm Yep, yep. That's actually exactly how it went, because the day after Christmas in Temple, Texas, Clyden Jones murdered Doyle Johnson, who had recently become a father. He had just had a Ugh. baby.
2: Oh, my right, oh, God.
3: <laughs> so that puts the body count to, what, like, five or six at this point?
1: Um...
0: Yeah, so it's not like they stopped murdering. That's not. That's not what Clyde had a problem with. <laughs> he didn't have yeah, a problem but, with the murder. His, he was just he like, but let's not do it. Did he?
1: I will get to that. Okay. So put a pin in it. Yeah. That that's the whole thing. So, the two men were attempting to steal Doyle's wife's brand new car when, and then Doyle tried to stop them, and while Joe. Yeah, sorry. Jones and Clyde were in the car. They shot him from the passenger side.
3: Oh, Jesus. Ugh, like,
1: my wife's brand new V8. Fuck you. And then he got shot. Um, ah. Which just sucks. So, yeah. Jones, the why 16th. Did, why did they have to get a
0: V8? Why does it have to be a V8? No.
1: Because <laughs> Clyde is insane. He literally wrote to Henry Ford about how much he loved his cars. <laughs> there was a whole letter oh
0: my god there is not there is there Is really? Is there really? A, oh, there is. My god. that is amazing
1: I didn't write it down oh. because I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous but it, no, it is that's okay, you can't find it
0: it's I 100% have to google it after this it's
1: insane <laughs> so oh,
0: so oh
3: sorry sorry but to answer Lucas's question with an actual answer though about what he said the the v8 was so sought out was that i think the best that any cop car could do was maybe like a v6 mm. at the time so like a v8 was basically like a fucking
0: race car yeah like you could not, like you okay, could not that, be that, touched with that, that forgive sense. my uh forgive my lack of car knowledge but that makes a lot of sense No, that i like sense. cars but i i'm not a mechanical expert by any means
1: it's okay if my dad listens to this he'll call me and be like here's the reason <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll send you a. Love I'll you, send Dad. you this long long thing
1: no he'll call me and we'll be on the phone talking about it for like half an hour <laughs> um <laughs> so oh so Jones is indicted for the murder but never tried I'm not sure why he was never tried I don't know if it's because he was a minor I don't know if he just was like peace and left I I have no clue I just know that he was indicted and then Interesting. never convicted Um, On January 6th, 1933, Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones had accidentally stumbled upon a police trap meant for another criminal. They escaped, but not before Clyde killed Deputy Malcolm Davis.
0: Okay. Damn. Okay, another cop killing?
1: Yeah. Shortly after this, Clyde was driving the three of them through Springfield, Missouri. He was a notoriously terrible driver, and Officer Thomas... (laughs) Percel, P-E-R-S-E-L-L, I want to say I'm saying that right, but I'm not sure. Um, He was a motorcycle cop, and he pulled Clyde over for speeding. Jones stole the officer's gun, threw him in the back of the car, and held the gun to him for 200 miles before letting him out of the car.
0: That, okay, why would you kidnap a cop? Like, that doesn't...
1: I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to why they kidnapped and murdered. On March 5th, 1933, Bonnie's husband, Roy, remember she was married. She never divorced this guy. He was sentenced to five years in prison for a burglary. On March 22nd, 19... uh, Sorry, 1933, Buck Barrow, who, if you remember, was Clyde's brother, was released from prison after a burglary charge, but immediately joined Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones with his wife, Blanche Barrow, in Joplin, Missouri.
0: Buck and Blanche joining the gang... Yeah.
1: Streetcar named Desire.
0: <laughs> oh, no. she's not insane.
1: Made. Blanche was actually a lovely woman. Um, yeah. She should not have gone to that's... prison. But
0: that's a whole. That's a whole. Not- that's a okay. I. That's a love hate <laughs> theatrical piece for me because I hate how that turns out. It's a fantastically done. Are you talking like about Streetcar? Depiction. Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: talking about Blanche Barrow. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. Yeah. We'll Blanche Barrow did not my... deserve. <laughs> What- what she got at all. Um, she was- No, she did not. ...very much the peacemaker of this whole situation. She never picked up a gun. She never harmed anybody. And she still got a- she got her happy ending, but she had to suffer first, which I think really Mm -hmm. fucking sucks. And I personally think that she was stuck in- stuck in this because she was probably scared of her husband. Because, you know, that's how things were in the 30s. Um so blanche set up a temporary housing plan for the gang on oakland drive in joplin one day clyde was cleaning his bar in the apartment and he accidentally fired it a neighbor reported the gunshot to the joplin police who assembled a team of five men around the apartment on april 13th clyde jones and buck opened fire killing detective harry l mcginnis and constable john wes Harriman. Bonnie then opened fire with a BAR as the rest of the gang fled to the car. Sergeant GB Collar hid behind an oak tree, but the bullets that Bonnie was firing hit the tree, lodging splinters into his face.
2: Uh. I got a
1: splinter doing some volunteer work the other day, and it made me want to throw up, so reading that, I was like, I hate everything.
0: Uh, splinters yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's, like, it doesn't look like much, but then, like, when it, like you feel it, you're just, like, this is the worst thing ever. Oh,
1: see, I didn't feel it, but I didn't, like, looking at it. Like Oh, you just
0: saw it, you just, like, yeah. you just couldn't, yeah.
1: So, my my phobias, it's not necessarily a phobia. I get anxiety when there's, like, needles and splinters, when there's things inside of me that should not be. Or mm-hmm. if there's a bodily fluid, like, blood coming out of me that should not be. That's fair. Those are my, yeah. I... Those are my- my quirks. Sorry. Please edit that out. I lost my place again. Shit. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Homie got splinters in his face, but he survived. Uh, the officers so, had only fired 14 shots total. One hit Jones on the side. One deflected off Clyde's coat button.
0: That- oh, How is- what kind of luck do you have for that to happen?
1: That's what I'm saying! And one lightly grazed buck after ricocheting off the wall.
0: Oh wow! Um, And I mean, I don't know a ton about these guns, but B.S. All these like automatic weapons that are firing bullets pretty rapidly. So for like this to be the case, like,
1: right? Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and then oh, so Bonnie got into the car and. I guess Blanche was, like, on the street. She wasn't in the car or in the apartment uh, because she was chasing her dog, Snowball. So they had to go get her. I don't know what happened to Snowball. (laughs) I don't know if they left Snowball Snowball? to fend for him or herself. I don't know if they took Snowball. I heard nothing else of Snowball ever again.
0: This whole shooting going on and she's just, like, chasing her dog. That's, like, the most wholesome thing.
1: (laughs) I picture a little, like, Shih Tzu.
0: Oh yeah, or a little white Pomeranian. Yeah, just a
1: little fluffy like a purse rat dog? dog.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: the one that causes all the problems in every movie.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Wasn't Snowball mm. the name of the dog in Rick and Morty, or am I stupid?
0: Oh, that is Snowball. Yes. Okay. In the episode where Snowball like tries to take over the yes, whole Yes. Earth, yes. Yes. That's, that, that. that's the first yep. thing I
1: thought of when I read that. I was like, oh my god, Rick and Morty. So. Yes. The gang successfully escaped, but left all of their belongings in the apartment. And upon search of the residence, authorities found Buck's parole papers, which were only three weeks old, an arsenal of weapons, <laughs> a poem written by Bonnie, because remember she's quirky and emo, and yep, she's the infamous roles of film.
3: The the film. The film. If you're why, not familiar with the roles her? of film. I'm not.
1: It is a series of pictures from various photoshoots the gang took. (laughs) Oh,
2: maybe I do know this, yeah.
1: Multiple photos show the gang posing with Officer Officer Purcell's gun, the one that they stole and then they kidnapped him and drove him 200 miles. They posed with his gun, various other weapons, a stolen Ford V8 four-door sedan, that's why I called my dad to make sure I got that right, and of course the most famous picture of Bonnie with the cigar in her mouth. Bonnie didn't actually smoke cigars. She and Clyde only took the photo for shits and giggles.
2: I, I said that a lot we... in the
1: past five minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Gross.
0: No, it's great. I, I love how just, like, all of it's so contrived. Like, they're, like, really robbing banks and murdering people, but it's almost like they took those photos and it's like, now nah, we gotta make, like, we gotta, like, brand this so people think we're doing all these things. It's like, why are you focused on branding? Like, what are these, what, what was your intent with these photos?
1: Uh, well... <laughs> Bonnie wanted to be a photographer, so that oh, was, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yep. the
0: photography. And the, yep, okay, so I forgot was a about big that part detail. Of this. That makes that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: On April twenty seventh, nineteen thirty three, in Rushton, Louisiana, the gang's car broke down, and then they stole Dillard Derby's car. Or sorry, Dillard Darby's car. Darby and his girlfriend Sophie Stone chased the gang with their other car. This sounds like a Scooby Doo <laughs> episode because I keep saying the gang. It
0: really does. Sorry. Yeah. Or Always Sunny. <laughs> no, it's it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of awesome. Though. I like, I like the quirk.
1: <laughs> the gang, Jones is driving.
3: The gang, the gang goes on a crime spree. <laughs> like zoinks. It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the, it's the, it's the cop scoop. What should we do? <laughs> like zoinks, man, I'm not going back to jail. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: having an asthma attack. And we're back. Thank you for, for holding. Okay. Anyway. Um, let's
0: all go to the lobby. Let's, get to
1: let's the- go to the mall. <laughs> oh, you guys don't get that reference. So never mind.
0: I, 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 all
1: right. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> never, mind. never mind. So, yeah, so they stole Dillard Darby's car. Uh, he and Sophie Stone chase the gang in their other car. Jones was driving at a way faster rate than Darby was comfortable driving, so Darby turned around, and just to be a dick, Clyde suggested that Jones turn the car around to run Darby off the road.
2: Oh, no. They then kidnapped Darby Uh, and
1: Sophie and drove them to Magnolia, Arkansas, and gave them five dollars for their troubles before letting them out of the car.
3: Okay. I guess five dollars. Here's five bucks. Now now fuck
0: off. Like, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh my god. Yeah. These people just have no idea what they're doing. I love that about them the whole time. This really just is fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants criminal organization right here. Yeah. yeah. pretty much.
1: It reminds me, of, probably because it's like the same time period, but I don't know if you guys are familiar with Michael Malloy.
0: Uh, I don't, actually. Oh.
1: So, I covered him back before Addy was on my podcast. It was just me. I think it's like episodes 7 and 8. You want to listen to it? It's basically about this group who came together to try to kill this guy, but he legitimately would not die. Like, they fed him rat poison, thumbtacks, carpet oh my tacks, God. um, what was it, wood alcohol, and he wouldn't so die. He's like the
0: ra- Sounds he's like, like Rasputin. Like the ras- I was just gonna say he's like the Rasputin of, like, mm-hmm. the, uh...
1: <laughs> they called him the Irish Rasputin.
2: Uh, oh oh no, I God. think I know this one!
0: Yeah, I, I
3: don't remember the name, but I know the guy Michael that Malloy. you're talking about. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they tried to kill him and they couldn't do they it. Couldn't
1: do it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that was a fun episode. You guys should listen to that. That one. sounds
0: amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. That sounds amazing. It's
1: hilarious. It's a two parter because I read like I read a whole book, and you know me with my notes, but um, so yeah, so they're like, oh, sorry, we kidnapped you. Here's five dollars for your trouble. Get the fuck out of my car. Uh, Forget that you've
3: noticed us.
1: Mind you, these cars are small. Like, 30, 32 Fords are not big cars. They're smaller than they're I drive not, a Corolla, no. and it's like half the size of that. So, I'm just picturing there's someone in the driver's seat. There's So, Jones is driving. Someone's in the passenger seat. There's three people in the seats in the back. And then they just pile these people that they're kidnapping on the floor in the back. And they're just stepping on them.
0: Oh, God.
1: That's how they did this.
0: Oh, God.
3: Just the the disrespect, man. I was going to say, that just brings me to flashbacks when I had to have, because Lucas and I have been friends pretty much all through college Mm -hmm. where we used to transport people in my car from, like, the volleyball (laughs) stuff (laughs) that we would do. We had a friend who was a small lad, let's call him that. I won't name his name because I'm afraid you'll hear him reeing from like all the way across the state. But from a- wh- from when, um, <laughs> what happened was that there wasn't enough room in the car because it's like a five seater, maybe with the middle seat. So like, he had to like lay across the three people mm-hmm. in the back, and then, like I'm just like, oh sweet Jesus! Like if we get pulled over, I'm going to jail for this probably.
1: When when I was growing up, one of my best friends that lived down the street from me had two siblings, and so anytime. Her family would go on some sort of trip or some outing, like, to the amusement park or whatever, and I would get invited. (laughs) It would be, like, her mom in the front, her father in the front. And then me and her would sit next to each other in the back. One of her brothers would sit next to her, and then one of them was stuck in the trunk of the SUV. (laughs) And they had to, like, duck down. (laughs) We did that all the time. Um, Like, carpooling at school and stuff. In high school, we did that, too. Oh, sure.
0: Sure. Because I yeah. went to charter
1: school, so everyone did not live near each other, so you gotta ride where you could.
0: Oh, sure sh- sh-
1: So yeah. sometimes you would have to ride in the trunk of someone's car to get to school. <laughs> oh,
3: I also have an interesting story about that, but well, that'll be for another time.
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> Riding
3: in the trunk of someone's car, and him screaming at cars passing by oh, the Oh, that
0: was, that was uh, the, there was alcohol involved that night. Oh. Yeah, that was.
1: Well, that's never, never good. Never a good thing. No. Eh.
0: No, that night was something. Depends. But anyway.
1: <laughs> so, this happened quite frequently because Bonnie and Clyde, uh, this whole like kidnapping thing, it happened frequently because Bonnie and Clyde didn't have an interest in murdering people. Uh, so to keep bystanders unharmed, they would often kidnap them, drive them far away, and give them money so that by the time they could report the theft, the gang would be long gone. They wouldn't oh even be God. in the area where the theft happened. Clyde is said to only have killed when he absolutely felt it was necessary because he would have done anything not to go back to prison because he was traumatized.
0: Yeah, which makes sense S- given what happened to him. Yes, yeah, so that's um, the reason
1: why they kidnap some people and they murder others. If they can, that's kind of
0: why probably yeah. explicitly why they killed cops then because they're the people that
1: <laughs> well they had have guns
0: the power to essentially yeah they had guns and they could send him back to prison right so
1: right <clears throat> so as their pictures had now been released after leaving the film rolls in the apartment as I said they're the most famous pictures of Bonnie and Clyde the gang had a hard time finding a place to stay because everyone recognized them they resorted to living out of the car uh, cooking at a campfire and bathing in whatever bodies of water they could find as you can imagine being in a tiny car with four other people was absolutely terrible so at some point Jones stole the car abandoned them and then came back for them on June 8th (laughs) This 16-year-old is like, fuck y'all.
0: Y'all are, like, and too stinky for me. I'll come back, like, in a couple mm. weeks, and, uh, yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> I don't know when he stole the car. I don't know if it was, like, a week before or a couple, couple weeks before. Because that was not specified and anything that I found. But I know that that happened, and I think that's hysterical. Because that is such a 16-year-old boy thing to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. He was just like he was like literally the personification of the sixteen-year-old boy that says like I'm gonna run away from home. Yeah, but like he just he just straight did.
1: <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. It was a phase.
0: God, you don't even understand me, dad. You
1: ruined my life.
0: Oh God, god no. You know what I realized is the the, the, the the real world's a little harder than I thought it was. I'm uh so I'm back. <laughs>
1: You're back. Well, he actually looked at Bonnie and Clyde like his parents. He called them mom and dad too.
0: Which I kind of believe it because, I mean, in a way, like, I even mean, if you don't have any better <laughs> role models, right. I guess that's
1: so this part's a little graphic. It's kind of gross. Uh, on June 10th, while Clyde was driving horribly, as he does, he failed to notice warning signs for a bridge construction near Wellington, Texas. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Oh, yeah. So with Bonnie and Jones in the car, Clyde flipped the car into a ravine.
3: Oh, well done.
1: Bonnie ended up with such deep third-degree burns that the muscles in her right leg contracted, and involuntarily, her knee went up to her chest.
3: Oh, oh! I've heard God. of that. Actually, yeah, Or, like burn victims. I don't know what they. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's not good.
1: There's another. If you're burned alive, this is horrible. I shouldn't know this. If you're burned alive and your like body's lying down, um, you're you're found like this, like on your back, both your yeah, arms in the air and your you're... hands and fists like superman it, like, pose. muscles
0: just like clench up kind of <clears throat> like, is that what happens yeah it's a rigor like... mortis yeah
1: like superman huh, pose because okay. your muscles contract with the heat yeah. so if you oh, superman okay. pose and then lay on your back your arms are usually within like a 90 degree angle of your torso and your hands are in fists hmm.
3: I, I was just gonna not know say that. we could go we could go further into that but i remember stories of like god what was it there was uh lucas and i will have to probably do an episode on the highway of death at some point in time mm. and lucas doesn't know what that is but
2: I maybe he know, does it's I um actually...
3: it's it's a tad bit fucked but um basically it was like just it was during the iraq war like i think it was the first or the second one but basically what ended up happening was like because they had firebombed like a convoy on the highway that they were having people who were like laying down and eventually, like, soldiers would talk about how because they had been burned, they would sit up on their own even though they were dead because yeah. the muscles were doing yep. that. Oh, it, God. It, it was fucked, yeah.
1: It's creepy. That, that was... Is... Yeah. It's creepy to think I about. I
0: mean, if, if you're interested in really fucked up stuff, I'd recommend Jake and I's episode on Corpse Medicine. That was a, oh. that was a real trip, that episode. Wait, you an episode on Corpse me. Medicine? Oh, yeah. We did.
1: Well, I have to listen to that now. Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's like my shit. All the science behind... I mean, a- biology is more Addie's thing, but the science behind decomposition and rigor mortis and stuff is so fascinating to me because I am. Oh, uh, it's disgusting.
0: It's interesting though. Like it just really is interesting to think about, like how those things actually work. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, my favorite fact is that if a dead body is soaking in a body of water for long enough, it turns to soap. Um.
0: <laughs> Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry, my computer just had, like, a seizure, but I'm, I'm good now.
1: So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry your computer had a seizure. Did you maybe need to give it its medication for its epilepsy, or...?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think we're okay. Oh,
3: okay. I just... <laughs> they can't see it from where I'm at, the audience, but I just came back on my screen to Lucas's forehead just thrust into the camera.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I've i been able to see him this whole time, so I saw him coming, but... Um. Yeah, I can't imagine Uh, what that must have been like. So, yeah, so, okay, yeah, this is the really disgusting part. So, before I get into that, I just want to say it's unknown what burned her leg, we don't know if the car battery had exploded and corroded it, or corroded it, and then there's also the possibility that gasoline had spilled on her leg and it set on fire.
3: Yeah, okay. I, would, I would almost say it's probably a combination of the two.
1: Yeah, it, it's probably a bit of both. Uh, so I do think corrosion's more likely just because of this next part. Because Jones said, quote, She'd been burned so bad, none of us thought she was going to live. The hide on her right Ugh. leg was gone from her hip down to her ankle. I could see bone Ugh. in places.
3: Oh Yikes.
1: So that seems like severe corrosion. Cause I, I mean, obviously burns are horrible, but... Like fire burns, it's, but
0: it's a tad bit ironic that it was uh, Clyde's <laughs> fucked up leg that led to to Bonnie also obtaining a fucked up leg.
1: Oh no, Clyde he was a... just a bad driver. It was it had nothing. Oh, to do so with it wasn't his... even just the leg. leg. He just
0: like did not did not like care to be good at driving. No, he gotcha. was just
1: a bad driver. It had nothing to do with his foot. Um,
0: because like I I just imagine because of what you said with his leg that I, like he would just be like swerving and stuff. But no, he just didn't okay i got you now no that makes it almost worse because he doesn't having yeah. an excuse for it he's just bad at driving yeah
1: yep well and that's another thing is people say you know because they have so much in common and they're like oh now they both have leg issues and have trouble walking <clears throat> it's like it's not cute
0: no it's not no, romantic usually... especially when they both could have easily avoided the leg issues to begin with it took I would her love... <laughs> it
1: took her seven months to recover enough to be able to walk Not even fully recovered, just recover enough to be able to walk.
3: You know, the thing that gets me kind of mad is, you know, Clyde's the kind of scumbag that would be like, well, you know, yes, technically it's my fault that you currently have bones showing in parts of your lower leg, but twinsies now, twinsies, and that's his way of trying to make that better. Right. And she's just like, I am so fucking done with you. She's like, (laughs) I chopped off
1: my toes for you. I chopped off my toes. And now you're bitching about your leg, get over it.
0: I feel like he would be like the kind of person to like God. gift gift uh, to gift Bonnie his severed toes. Like yes. I did this for you.
1: A token a of my luck. He puts you. it on a necklace.
2: Oh Yeah
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Instead of a diamond ring it's his it's his toenail. It's just his in the toe- ring. Oh, oh, <laughs> Sorry. It's it's just a piece of his bone. Oh, my I'm sorry. God. I'm gonna stop so no
0: it's kind of it's kind of hilarious but yeah
1: <laughs> i'm just really good at being disgusting so Clyde, wait what oh i'm sorry i'm dumb and can't read so the gang then stole sheriff george Corey's car and kidnapped him along with city marshal paul hardy here we go again with this shit Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones met up with Buck and Blanche and tied the officers to a tree using barbed wire wire and handcuffs.
0: Oh, my God. They were not fucking around.
1: No, not at all. Wait, did I even talk about how Buck and Blanche were there? When did I even... Unless I did and I'm stupid.
0: No, you did talk about Buck and Blanche because we talked about Blanche was very, like, not, like, for the crime and we talked about. No, yeah, but they weren't
1: together at this point, and I... Oh, it's because Jones stole the car and then came back for Bonnie and Clyde. And then either Buck and Blanche weren't there when he picked them up or they just left. And they found them elsewhere at a different point. So I left I left that part out. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's not wholly crucial. Point. It's really not.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just the way that I am. So... So Clyde drove to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and rented a double cabin. And after paying doctors for a week, he took Bonnie to her mother's house. After the doctors kept telling him that Bonnie wouldn't survive,
0: he's like, "Nope. I listen. I crashed this car. You cannot die because I am not
1: responsible for killing my love." (laughs) So Bonnie was able to be nursed back to health by her parents and her family. Sorry, no, her dad died. It was just her mother. But due to the cost of medical supplies, Buck and Jones robbed the Alma Bank on June 22nd, taking $3,600 and murdering town marshal Henry D. Humphrey.
0: God, they just love the murder thing. It's just, they were about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean, Buck is not good. Jones is not good. They're very, uh, happy to use the trigger on a gun
0: it's just interesting because like Clyde ends up in these situations because like he just doesn't want to be in jail but Mm -hmm. then he also surrounds himself with like vicious people that will just shoot regardless like whether they have to or not
1: that's the thing with this is it started very small and it turned into something bigger because all of these dumbass people just can't keep their shit together
0: Yeah, essentially. I mean, it goes back to the old adage of, like, be careful who you're friends with, Mm -hmm. which sounds really stupid. But, like, in this situation, like, had they just been, like, around, like, better people, it may not have been as bad. But, like, then it also, like, that's a debate, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, would this have been different if he had different people around him? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think also just mentally he was deteriorating because he's been on the run for over a year now.
0: Yeah, I I mean, this sort of thing this sort of thing usually it's going to take some sort of a toll on you. Mm -hmm. Like, and all the people they've killed, like, even if you're totally down for killing people, like, I just, I don't know, I guess I believe something in the human psyche, for most people, would be like, we've killed a lot of fucking people, like, this is getting really intense.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Unless you're a sociopath, which is a different story.
1: There, I mean, Ray definitely was.
0: Yeah, 100%. That guy was unhinged.
1: definitely was. And Jones... (laughs) <laughs> definitely was. My definitely. I won I mean, I can't say definitely, like, because it's just un- so unlikely that all three of them could be sociopaths. But something that crosses my mind a lot is just the. I don't know. Like, I just wonder a lot how so many people like this come to find each other. You know what I mean? It's like, how yeah, do the worst like, people in the world always find each other?
0: Is it like? Is it something like that? Like attracts them to each other? But, like, also, like, how does that, like, how are all these people in the same place? Right. Like, with connections to each other? Yeah, it's interesting. It always seems to work out that way, though, in history. Yeah. The worst people always find other awful people.
1: I I wish I had an answer. There's a lot of things I wish I had answers for that I just don't.
0: I mean, the same here, so. (laughs) Feel you.
1: So, because. Jones and Buck robbed a bank and then went and murdered the town marshal. Um, they couldn't stay in the area anymore, obviously, so they had to flee. Even though Bonnie's injuries were still extremely extensive, um, I don't know why I said extremely extensive because that's the same, whatever. I'm I'm too tired for this shit. So
0: no, it's like so extremely extensive that you had to like make sure you noted that like twice. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just I. I think I was on, like, hour five when I hit that mark, and I was just, like, hungry (laughs) or some shit. So, yeah, as I was saying, so Bonnie recovered, or she was starting to recover, but she wasn't at the point where she was healthy enough to be able to be moving around. Uh, Because she got to the point where she wasn't remembering who people were, she wasn't conscious most of the time, and she was doing really terribly, so... She got to the yeah. point where she could recognize people and have conversations, and they're like, "Good enough, you're coming." It's like,
0: eh. yeah. Yeah, th- we. That's kind of a loose definition of the word "recover" here, because yeah. like, recovery in, in what sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're like. They're like, oh, you're conscious now. Okay.
0: Yeah, like, you're good to go, but, like, not really. Like, not in anybody who's, like, logical. Like, you're not good to go, but, like... Right. Technically, you can move and, like, walk and talk, so you're good enough for us.
1: She couldn't even walk. Clyde had to carry her around for, like, weeks because she had no Uh, no function in her leg.
0: Well, it turns out when you burn, like, large portions of your leg almost completely to, you know, disuse... When you lose
1: half the flesh on your leg, Yeah, yeah. The more you know, right? (laughs) Well, and the thing that I think I'm conflicted right now, because at this point, Bonnie hasn't really done anything aside from try to protect herself. The only time that she's used violence so far is when she was shooting at the cops who were shooting at her. Right. And that's because they came in shooting instead of just trying to capture them or arrest them.
0: Right, so they kind of, like, in a sense, like, started some of the, the craziness, so she felt justified and, yes. and, you know, yeah.
1: So, they checked into the Red Crown Tourist Court south of Pallet City, Missouri, in July, and Blanche registered three guests, but the owner counted five getting out of the car. He also noticed that the driver backed into the parking... T- Parking lot, quote, gangster style for a quick getaway.
0: <laughs> He's like, Ooh, I see what you're doing there.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, something's fishy. The owner also noticed that the guests taped newspapers over the windows. And then <laughs> the owner talked to Captain William Baxter, a frequent diner at the tavern next door. And he talked to him about the guests' strange behavior. Shortly after this, a local pharmacist reported to authorities that two men purchased supplies to treat third-degree burns, because an alert had been put out to report that type of purchase, because they knew that Bonnie had been burned. Um,
0: Logically, yep. yep.
1: And Sheriff Holt Coffee led a group. I wrote let a group" twice. Great. Uh, Sheriff Holt Coffee led a group of officers to Red Crown at a, Red Crown at eleven p.m. With Thompson sh- submachine guns.
0: Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's intense.
1: The officers' guns didn't stand a chance in the slightest because Clyde had a thirty-caliber BAR that he had just stolen from the National Guard armory.
0: He's like, wait, let me hold my, like, hold my gun, like, let me just
1: grab. <laughs> <laughs> hold my, my beer. Gun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh God, these cops are just so. That's the one thing in this story, too, is, like, the the cops, like, in this era were not, like, as fully supplied ever as, like, the gangs. The gangs always had much better weapons right. and cars. So, like, that kind of speaks to why the cops lost in a lot of these scenarios, because they just didn't have the same um, weapons and vehicles and things like that.
1: Right. So, a bullet short-circuited the horn on the armored car that the authorities had brought, so they had driven an armored car there. And the officers mistook it for a ceasefire signal. Oh no! The gang had gotten away again, but Buck had such a large bullet wound in his skull that you could see his brain through his forehead.
0: Oh my God, Buck! No, that's not.
1: That's uh, nightmare fuel.
0: That is that is some fucked up shit. Like if there's one ap- like one image in the episode so far that's been like, there's been some bad ones, but no, that one next
1: one is the worst for me. Because as I've said, I have issues with objects being in your body that shouldn't be, especially eyes. I have such... Oh, no. (laughs) Like, it's... Talking about eyes is like nails on a chalkboard for me, so I'm trying to get this over with real quick. Blanche suffered near-blindness from glass fragments being lodged into both of her eyes.
0: Oh, God. Yikes. Oh. Yeah, that's not, uh, not great.
1: I don't like it. (laughs) I need a second.
0: Uh, no, go ahead, take your second. That's just, that's nightmare feel right there. <sighs> it's
1: nauseating. When I was a kid, I used to have, like, it wasn't even nightmares, just every time I closed my eyes to go to bed, I used to have this vision of, like, needles and knives coming straight from my mm. eyeballs.
2: Mm.
1: And so, Yikes. I don't know where that irrational fear came from, but this is not helping, <laughs> Yeah,
0: logically it wouldn't, because that, yeah, yikes.
1: Disgusting. Whew, okay, I'm calm, I'm calm. After locals noticed bloody bandages laying around, the authorities were able to track the gang to an abandoned amusement park in Dexter, Iowa. Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones escaped, but Buck and Blanche were both captured. Buck died five days after surgery due to his gaping head wound and pneumonia.
0: Yeah, I mean, technically, usually when you're seeing brain, you probably. The fact that he made it five days with just a, an open hole in his Oh, skull he made going it like brain, a week and a half. That is impressive. With a hole like, in his brain. He just wouldn't die.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Michael Malloy that shit. Pretty much. The three. You... Oh, sorry. I know. I know. For real.
0: I'm pretty sure. Okay, if we're ranking things that caused it. I'm sorry, pneumonia is not what made the die. It's the fucking <laughs> massive hole in his head.
1: Yeah. My favorite part is they tried to do surgery on it. What are you gonna do for mm. a bullet wound through someone's head? So Not much. Yeah, no, that like there's what are you gonna do, like replace his brain cells? He clearly already doesn't have many.
0: <laughs> He's he doesn't have any to stare.
1: Like <laughs> Maybe it damaged them enough to make them smart, like maybe it reversed some I don't know, maybe he I mean, died because the knowledge he was holding was too much to handle
0: it was like it was like, yeah, it's like he was he was he was like he had the ring for the Lord of the Rings, and he just uh he couldn't handle it yeah, and he,
1: it was too much, too much power, so the three remaining members of the barrow gang began traveling much further away than usual because they knew that they were. The cops were starting to tail them and get really close to them again. Uh, and they restocked their weapons stash when Clyde and Jones robbed an armory in Platteville, Illinois on August 20th. They stole three BARs, a couple of handguns, and a metric fuck ton of ammo.
0: Ooh, yes.
1: In early September, they went to Dallas to visit family, which was just such a smart, smart idea. Because Jones got arrested uh, almost immediately on November 16th. So after, like, less than a month.
0: That is the one place that you're 100% going to get caught, is if you go back to the place where you literally are from, and you're these famous criminals.
1: Yeah. They were very, (laughs) very loyal to their families. They tried to visit their families as much as they could.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not sure if you know, but didn't the, didn't their families like actually like meet up with them at different yes. points in the crime spree? Yeah, didn't they like secretly like yeah they secretly have met up with their families and it's like you guys are dumbasses.
1: Kind of. It, uh, well, they didn't really secretly. They actually just went straight to their parents' houses. Oh God. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't secret. It wasn't secret. Um, Sorry,
0: I was trying to give them too much credit. That was that's yeah on no me. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's on me.
1: Throughout the fall months, Clyde committed several robberies with other accomplices while the Barrows and Parkers proceeded to take care of Bonnie's wounded leg. As I said, it took Bonnie a full seven months to recover from her burn, but it still hasn't even reached, like, three months at this point. I think, wait, July, August, September, October, November. So, wait, it had been five months. I'm just bad at math. On November 22nd, Bonnie and Clyde went to visit family in Sowers, Texas. Sheriff Smoot Schmidt. I can't make that shit up. (laughs) Sh- <laughs> Smoot Schmidt. Smoot Schmidt. Definitely I love German. It. It's like <laughs>
0: just just imagine <laughs> I can't do a good German accent. But just imagine some heavily German guy in like the like a frontier town going, I am the sheriff now. <laughs> <Just> like,
1: <laughs> Smoot what? Schmidt. Just Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> saying Smoot Schmidt.
0: Technical Technically, he's Austrian, so I don't want to get in trouble for people that are massive Schwarzenegger fans. No, I know. Austrian. I
1: know he's Austrian. I just think it would be funny. So, oh, it would be
0: hilarious, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this Schmidt guy, Deputy Bob Alcorn, and remember our Fred Ted Hilton? He's oh my God, a he's deputy back. now.
0: Oh, my God. He's back.
1: So he was on the team that was waiting to capture Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Well, he was really jacked up about it, probably.
1: He was like, I paid for my food and gave you a good tip, and you do this to my state. He's probably real butthurt about it. Yeah, he was kind of he a went on to, uh, uh, great person. He went on
0: to uh, father uh, some children and found the uh, Hilton Hotel brand. No, I was kidding.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's...
0: I really, really hope this is the answer, but, you know, something, something tells me. <laughs>
1: Listen, I wouldn't be surprised, because he's not great. None of these guys are great. Actually, Schmidt
2: <clears throat>
1: isn't mentioned again after this, so I think that he's probably not horrible. Uh, so Clyde sensed that the police had set up some sort of trap, so he drove away instead of stopping to meet his family.
2: Oh. And as he
1: sped off, the officer shot at the car with machine guns. A bullet passed through the car and shot straight through Bonnie and Clyde's legs, but they just kept driving.
2: Mm. Okay. So it went one way to do through it.
1: the door. Through both of their legs. Yeah. Don't know how. Alright. Lucky. They're very lucky. All I yeah. I, th- it just seems like a Looney Tunes cartoon.
0: It really does.
1: Or like the Three Stooges. So, is am I... I'm not dating myself because that's like...
0: No, here's the thing is, I feel like the way that these bullets are missing, I feel like we're just talking about, like, you know, like, this is gonna sound really dorky, but all the jokes about, like, the uh, stormtroopers aim in Star Wars and how it's just so awful that they just never hit what they're aiming for. I feel like it's, like, it's like this.
1: (laughs) Yep. No, that's correct. I mean, I've seen, I've only seen Star Wars, the original Star Wars once, but I can agree with that because the stormtroopers suck. Also, Han shot first.
0: Hashtag on shot first.
1: <laughs> I only say that Justin would get mad at me if I didn't say that because I I don't really understand Star Wars, so <laughs> I don't have the attention span for it. Uh,
0: it does take a lot of attention. I'll definitely give you that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have that. Um, shit. Oh yeah, shot through Bonnie and klysa. Okay. On November 28th, a grand jury placed an indictment on Bonnie and Clyde for the murder of Deputy Malcolm Davis 10 months prior. Sorry. Um, on January 16th, 1934, Clyde helped Ray Hamilton, Joe Palmer, Henry Methvin, and Hilton Bybee break out of East Ham, which was the prison that he was staying at, which was These
0: names terrible. are so f- fucking incredibly bizarre. All of these names.
1: <laughs> Methvin is my favorite. M-E-T-H. That's, that's a good one. V-I-N. Math. <laughs> Will I'll tell ya. So, Major Croson, a guard at the prison- Oh, that's- I should not say that so happily. I'm sorry. Uh, he was shot and <laughs> killed by Joe Palmer. Oof. Retired Texas Ranger, Captain Frank Hamer, was assigned by the Texas DOC to hunt down the Barrow Gang because they had just released a bunch of criminals. And they were like, alright, we gotta bring our big guns in. So they brought this guy in from retirement. On Easter Sunday, which was April 1st, 1934, near Grapevine, okay, Texas. Okay,
0: I'm, I'm very sorry, but I have to. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of one guy that's, like, retired and he's like, I try to get out, and they keep pulling
1: me back in! <laughs> yes. Like, no, and that's exactly <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. It's, this guy. <laughs> it feels like an old Western movie mixed with it really a does. really bad villain comedy. Yup. Yup. Yeah. So on Easter Sunday, which was April 1st, 1934, near Grapevine, Texas, Bonnie Clyde and Henry Methvin killed patrolman H.D. Murphy and Edward Bryant Wheeler when they approached the car pulled over on the side of the road. So they're pulled over and these cops come over to check if they're okay, And they're like, you know what? Let's shoot them because we're assholes. (laughs) Bonnie and Clyde. The cops are
0: trying to help them. In that- mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde fired the fatal shots. However, Methvin fired the first shot because he thought it's what Clyde would have wanted him to do.
0: Oh yikes!
1: <laughs> I learned from you, Clyde. <laughs> he literally like, I yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. So they probably would not have killed these people, and then. Henry was like, you know what's a good idea? Let me shoot shoot at them. And then, so they wouldn't shoot back, Clyde and Bonnie uh, had to yikes.
0: shoot them. Yep.
1: I mean, they didn't have to, but they felt that they had to.
0: I, I said it before, but I really feel like the golden rule of this episode is just be careful you surround yourself with. Exactly. Because...
1: Maybe, don't be a moron. The moral of this story. So...
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Highway Patrolman L.G. Ferris offered a reward of $1,000 for the dead bodies of the people who murdered Murphy and Wheeler. He didn't want Bonnie and Clyde alive, he wanted them dead. And he offered a $1,000 reward for their dead bodies.
0: He was taking this very seriously, which is understandable, because, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean, still today people don't take the murder of cops very lightly. But definitely back then it was a lot more serious. Um... Texas governor. oh well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Were you going to say something?
0: I have no idea where I was going with that. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> Texas Governor Miriam Ferguson then put a price of five hundred dollars on each of Bonnie and Clyde's heads. So she also wanted them dead. Five days later, Clyde and Mefin shot and killed sixty-one-year-old single father constable calvin campbell Uh, but
0: why though
1: (laughs) because he approached their car when they were stuck in mud near commerce oklahoma
0: they're just shooting good samaritans at this point like just come on guys
1: (laughs) i'm sure henry shot first because he's a jackass
0: uh, he was uh, very erratic, just like the four first letters of his last name would indicate.
1: Yeah. None of the... I swear to God, none of them had brain cells.
0: I mean... They just did If think. you look at these actions, it's just, like, yeah, like, no one was thinking. They were just like, ooh, like, let me shoot this person. And I would honestly, at this point, I'd postulate that some of these people just like killing people. Like...
1: Yeah, I mean, a thousand it's percent.
0: Like... like it, yeah, I mean, like, meth and just, like, shooting people, that has to be it, because there's no logical reason he would do it.
1: <laughs> I mean, a lot of these people just liked killing people, I think, for yeah. some sort of dominance thing. I don't know if they had some sort of issues, but...
0: Well, and we talked about it earlier, a lot of these people were probably sociopaths, they probably did not think about what these other people were feeling, they were just in- acting at impulse.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, Campbell's partner, Percy Boyd, was also with him when Campbell was killed, and so they kidnapped Percy and they took him to Kansas. They let him go with a a clean shirt. Sorry, this isn't... It's funny. A clean shirt, a few dollars, and a request from Bonnie that he would tell the world that she did not smoke cigars. (laughs) Because of that picture.
0: Listen... Mm -hmm. I don't want you to refute anything else. I just need people to know that I will never stoop as low as smoking, smoking a, cigar. a cigar. Yeah, that is that is so bizarre. Yeah. And it's like again with the they didn't kill this man. He was a cop too, but they they took him and they just and they just let him go. Like, I, yep. I don't. Ah, it's just it's frustrating because nothing has rhyme or reason with these people. There's
1: absolutely n- no mo. Absolutely none.
0: Not, not at all.
1: It's so sporadic, for lack of a better word. Um, just very unplanned and all over the place. It's very stressful. So what the gang didn't know was that Hamer, if you remember, he was the retired cop. He began tracking them on February 12th. And he recognized that they followed a specific route in order to exploit the state line rule, uh, which mm, are you yeah. guys familiar with that? So, okay,
0: yeah, it's like when they're trying to get off state li- state to get across state lines so that they no longer could be in the jurisdiction. Know, by, yeah, okay, of, yeah, exactly.
1: So, the specific route was to exploit the state line rule while also being able to see their families as they traveled. According to Hamer's calculations, Methvin's family in Louisiana was next on the list of people to visit. Methvin's parents' house also happened to be the meet-up spot for the gang in case they got separated, which they did. Methvin got separated from Bonnie and Clyde in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hamer assembled a team of Texan officers, uh, Hinton, Alcorn, Galt, and Louini... Nope. (laughs) Louiniana, great. Good job, Audrey. Louisiana officers, Jordan and Oakley. I hate myself. The team set up along Louisiana State Highway 154 on May 21st by 9 p.m. The officers waited until 9.15 a.m. on May 23rd, so like 36 hours later, until they heard the stolen V8 approaching at high speed. They had convinced Henry Methvin's father, Ivan, to pull his truck to the side of the road that morning in hopes that the gang would stop to speak to him. Clyde fell for the trap, and while the car was still moving, Clyde was killed instantly by Oakley's headshot. The next thing they heard was Bonnie screaming. They then fired over 130 rounds into the car, which was enough gunfire to cause the officer's temporary deafness for the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, that's... Oh, Wow. (laughs)
1: This is a lot. Like it's making me a little emotional and not because no, I mean not because I don't think Bonnie and Clyde did nothing wrong. That's obviously not the case, but because right. they didn't get a a chance to surrender or anything of the sort. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, they didn't get a chance to turn themselves in. People were so pissed off at this point that they were just like, we are going to come at them with as much might and fury as possible and literally just annihilate them.
1: Right. And I don't know, to me it feels like while Clyde was the leader of the group, so to speak, for like lack of a better word, it kind of felt like he was also scared of the other people around him because they were so unhinged. Oh, yeah. And... Because... I don't know. Part of me feels like if they were given the chance to surrender, they would have, because this was the first time that they were caught by themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened, like, if they would have actually been able to get, like, straight-up testimony from these people. But, like, you know, we we were robbed from with a lot of, from a lot of, like, uh, understanding of, like, the dynamics and things like that, because we can speculate on, like, what happened in all these situations, but we really don't know, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe, in it's possible that Methven or somebody else was, like, more the leader at that point and Clyde was just, like, there. Right. Because clearly these people felt freeway to shoot at people without having to have permission from Clyde, so.
1: Exactly. Like, and, I don't know, part of me feels like if they hadn't shot first, it could have gone one in two ways, like, either they would have stopped and surrendered or, I mean, this is just me being fucked up, but I think that the other option is they would have killed themselves right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, really probably one of the two options, because, like, you know, yeah, at the at that point, they either would have, you know, been like, okay, well, we'll just take our chances. I, I would honestly think that Clyde might have killed himself.
1: I think Bonnie would have. Go- no, I think Clyde would have, actually.
0: I think Clyde would have, because I, I think his most, like, he was so petrified of going back to yeah. jail, that like given the choice between death and jail, I think he would have chosen death.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know this just this part just bums me out um
0: it's a it's a lot the I thing mean, that this is
1: sorry, the thing that also just really quick, the thing that also sucks is that Bonnie was the same height as me she's four she was four eleven um and she was like ninety pounds, and so I just think of like I don't know, I don't look at myself and see someone super intimidating, you know, and to think that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clyde was only like five foot six, five foot seven. He wasn't a big dude. He could be taken really easily. And I don't know, part of me just thinks that just emotionally and physically they were overpowered by these people in their life. And I don't know. I think I'm getting off topic and getting over emotional about this, but
0: Well, I mean, these are relevant questions to ask though too. It's like I mean we know the facts but like a lot of times the things that you might not you know think about and you might miss are you know some of these conversations about motive and right are we misperceiving things based on headlines because the media as we talked about earlier did have a big control of what the narrative was so you know you have to question how much of that was maybe truthful and then were there parts of it that they didn't necessarily cover because it wasn't necessarily what the public wanted to hear about right so like
1: And it it just left so many questions unanswered. And I think I'm just having a really hard time, as dumb as it sounds, I guess, of not putting myself in Bonnie's shoes because we were the same height. We were, like, you know, around the same stature and stuff like that. And, you know, we had similar interests in music. And I don't know. I didn't feel like that when I I didn't know going into this that it would hit so close to home, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Um
1: I'm not defending anything that she did. I'm not defending anything Clyde did. I'm not defending anything anyone here did. I just... I think that there's shit that people didn't consider that we could have gotten answers to and we didn't.
0: Yeah, it makes it harder, too, to not put yourself in specific shoes when you don't have exact answers to things. And... You know, based on the way they died and all the, you know, the, all the other things we were robbed of knowing um, in this circumstance, it's hard to sort of wrap that up for yourself um, and give yourself closure when you look at things like this, um, because you don't necessarily have, like, the full answers to what happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm running pretty close to the end here. So, the couple had died, obviously, and when they died, Bonnie's head was resting on Clyde's shoulder. am i about to cry i'm such an idiot okay bonnie died wearing the wedding ring that roy gave her eight years prior when she was still a teenager and roy said about bonnie's death quote i'm glad they jumped out like they did it's much better than being caught film footage taken after the ambush so 112 bullet holes in the ford but only about a quarter struck through the couple there were 17 bullet entrance wounds on clyde and 26 on bonnie They each had several headshots and one even severed Bonnie's spinal cord. Nearby people who heard the gunfire went to the scene and attempted to steal body parts of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, One person tried to cut off Clyde's trigger finger. One person tried to cut off Clyde's ear, I believe. And then there was this one person who actually was able to go in and cut off some of um, Bonnie's clothes and hair. Which is just super fucked up
0: um yeah i mean like that's shit that like should never have been allowed you know despite what they may or may not have done in their lifetime like no one's body should be ravaged and mutilated after they die like that's yeah yeah
1: there were hundreds of people that just showed up and there weren't enough officers to hold them all back and i don't know it's just people are sick so the couple had been shot so many times that the undertaker had difficulty embalming them. Inside the car, investigators found stolen automatic rifles, sawed-off shotguns, several handguns, several thousand rounds of ammo, fifteen license plates belonging to different states, and Clyde's beloved saxophone. The car was They're still
0: trying to sorry. still trying to make it big in music. After
1: he brought that saxophone this. everywhere. The car was towed with their body still inside to Conger Furniture Store nice. and Funeral Parlor in Arcadia, Louisiana, which I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this concept, but I guess furniture stores were often shared with um, undertakers... Not undertakers.
0: I, I
3: oh, wasn't... The, uh, like the funeral yeah. homeowners? Because yep. they could make the caskets in the same yes. store that they... Ba- yeah, yeah, we've...
1: Okay. Yeah. So... If you remember Darby, Darby and Sophia Stone, who were the two people that got kidnapped, they stole their car, got chased, ran them off the road, right. that whole thing. So Darby and Sophia Stone were brought in to identify the bodies, and they reported that Bonnie had laughed upon hearing Darby say that he was an undertaker, and she told him that maybe one day he'd be working on her.
0: Oh my god.
1: Darby ended up assisting in the embalming.
0: Like, ah, jeez, like, that's some cruel irony right there.
1: Bonnie and Clyde wished to be buried together, but Bonnie's family wouldn't allow it. More than 20,000 people attended Bonnie's funeral on May 26th. So many people showed up that Bonnie's own family had a hard time getting into her funeral. And pretty boy Floyd and John Dillinger had sent flowers and cards to her service. Are you familiar with them?
0: Yeah, so John Dillinger, actually, he's buried uh, near Milwaukee.
1: Oh, really? uh, In Wisconsin.
0: Yep. Nice.
1: Um, Clyde had a private funeral, and that was held at Sunset on May 25th. The six men that took Bonnie and Clyde down each earned $200 in donations, but never received their bounties. Instead, they were told that they could take whatever they wanted from the car. This is where I... The whole moral thing just makes me so furious. So, Hamer took the guns, ammo, and fishing tackle, and Clyde's mother asked for the guns back, but she never got a response, which is valid, because it's guns, guns ammo. Guns, yeah.
0: You sh- yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Alcorn took the saxophone, but then he returned it to Clyde's family, because, you know, that was a huge part of Clyde's life, and it, you know, that's what he should I mean, that's do. a
0: good thing. I mean, yeah, he should have done that. That's a good move, yes, but...
1: Well... Bonnie's clothes were taken, and they refused to return the clothes to her family. And instead, they were sold as souvenirs for thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, that's profiting off death, which yeah, you should never do. That's yeah.
3: I mean, we have a similar situation. Lucas will know who this is, but um, in Plainfield, we've got Ed Gein and like
1: oh yep. I know all about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the house and the museum and the truck is somewhere. We I don't know Zach if Bacon's it's still around quadrant. or they got rid of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, so they
3: just... resolved a lot of profiting off of that.
0: And just to give you context, like that's literally like 30 minutes from where Jake and I are right now.
1: obviously is where Ed Gein into this stuff. That's actually really cool. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I'm an hour you from the, still... film, the where the Salem witch trials happened. So Ooh, I
0: Oh, I'm je- I'm jealous of that. That's pretty cool. Uh, not that with Charles, but, you know. <laughs> the the memorial stuff. is really pretty. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I mean, there's definitely some stuff I still want to see in the East Coast, like, in that area, specifically, like, Boston and whatnot. There's a lot of cool history in your area, so yeah. I'm jealous of that, for sure. I went sure. to
1: Sleepy Hollow a couple months ago with Addie, because she lives, like, an hour from there. Ooh. That was cool.
0: Nice. That's awesome.
1: So, Officer Jordan kept a suitcase full of cash, which is still not proven, But he bought a barn and land in Arcadia immediately after the murder of Bonnie and Clyde. So, do with that information what you will. Jordan also tried to keep the car, but Ruth Warren, who is the original owner of the car, who is, she was the woman who the car got stolen from, sued him for it. He returned it to her in August, still covered with blood and human tissue. Hmm. In February 1935, authorities arrested and tried 20 people for aiding and abetting Bonnie and Clyde. All 20 were either found guilty or pleaded guilty. And then this is just kind of a list of everything that happened to everyone that was involved. So Blanche was permanently blinded in her left eye and was sentenced to 10 years in prison for assault with intent to kill. I don't think that was necessary, but...
0: Yeah, we really don't have any proof that she was really involved in any of the malicious things. Homegirl just wanted
1: Snowball. She just wanted to get her damn dog back. Um, Which
0: is understandable, because I'd want my dog as well.
1: Right? So, she was paroled after six years in 1939 for good behavior, obviously, because she's a good person. There was no reason for her to be in prison. She remarried in 1940 and became a taxi driver and a beautician. Warren Beatty asked to purchase the rights to her name for the 1967 movie Bonnie and Clyde, and she agreed to the original script. However, after the release of the movie, she objected to Estelle Parsons' portrayal of her, describing the performance as, quote, a screaming horse's ass. She remained friends with Beatty, nonetheless, until she died from cancer on Christmas Eve at 77 years old. Hamilton. And so she lived
0: like oh sorry, a really good life. Yeah. No, I was say she lived like a really good life, which is good because at least if some like, semi like this person didn't deserve it, but like they also kind of got out of it.
1: Yeah. So she's the only one who like lived a somewhat normal life after this. Um, Hamilton and Palmer were both recaptured after their escape in 1934. So that was the big jail breakout that um, Clyde was leading. And they were convicted of murder and sentenced to die in the electric chair on May 10th, 1935. So they both died. Jones had left the gang after evading officers at the abandoned amusement park in 1933. And he got a job picking cotton in Houston, but he was quickly captured. He was convicted for the murder of Doyle Johnson, but only served 15 years. I don't know if it's because he was a minor when that happened. Like I said, he was the one who completely avoided being charged for another murder. On August 4th, 1974, he was... Sorry, this isn't funny. It's just... there. All of these deaths coming up are just very, very dramatic. Uh, he was trying to help a woman when her jealous boyfriend just walked up to him and killed him. Jesus. Uh, Methvin was convicted in Oklahoma for the murder of Constable Campbell in 1934. He was pro- parole... You're going to love this one. He was paroled in 1942, <laughs> but in 1948, he got drunk, fell a- fell asleep on the train tracks, and got run over by a train that cut him completely in half.
0: That is just, wow. Like, honestly, fuck that guy, and that's kind of almost hilarious. Like, I'm not, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's- No, I know. Uh, oh my god. It's one of those that things is... you'd
1: see in a comedy movie, or like, I don't know, just any movie in general, and you're like, yeah, that's too much. That would never happen, but it does. It's just <laughs> wow. so absurd.
0: I've never even heard of anybody dying like that. Like I literally, legitimately, have never heard that of that heard of that as a cause of death until just now.
1: I, I couldn't tell you. Um, That's insane. Roy Thornton, who is Bonnie's husband, if you remember, he was yep. killed by guards in an escape attempt on October third, nineteen thirty seven. The bullet-ridden Ford Deluxe became a huge tourist attraction, as pretty much everyone knows. The car traveled to fairs, amusement parks, flea markets, and even became a fixture at the Nevada racetrack, where you were charged a dollar to sit in it. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, The Ford V8 and the shirt Clyde was wearing at the time of his death have been on display at Whiskey Pete's in Prim Nevada since 2011. That is everything I have on Bonnie and Clyde after two hours.
0: Well, that was um, that was really informative, and um, I guess just to wrap up, like the uh, official part of the podcast, we really appreciate having you on. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, we hope you enjoyed coming on. That was really fun to kind of just talk about that stuff and kind of do a deep dive. Um, that was a good time. So we hope you enjoyed, you know, coming on and uh, getting to talk about this kind of stuff.
1: I did. Thank you for having me. I um, I feel like I get along with you guys really well, which is comforting because I feel. Like, I'm not a very social person or that I'm just really shy, and it takes a long time for me to get to warm up to people, and you guys made me feel super comfortable, and I really appreciated that, so um, Addy and I will probably reach out to you guys soon to see if you want to do a joint episode with us.
0: Yeah, no, I was going to ask and uh, just kind of offer that. If you guys wanted to, I'm sure that we'd be more than willing, and we'd love to come on your guys' podcast, and, you know, uh, we can come up with a uh, fun story to kind of tell you guys. Yeah, we'd absolutely um, love that. Yeah, no, it gets, that'd be awesome. It gets
1: gets us off the hook for a week of yeah. talking about murder.
0: <laughs> I will say, given the week that Jake and I have had, this was like the perfect week to have like a guest come on because I'm glad <laughs> I could uh, take that weight off. I don't know that we would have recorded an episode otherwise. I get that. It's just been a week. So I get but, that. But yeah, I know this has been this has been awesome. So like yeah, I had a lot of fun. and I, I know Jake did. He's been in and out, because he had to get a couple of things done. That's but okay. um Yeah, but it's been really good, so
1: Yeah, I Um, had a lot of fun with this. I'm probably going to cover it on my podcast in, like, another year or so just to, like, revisit it with Addie so she can hear it. Yeah,
0: definitely. Or so
1: we can discuss it, but um, I don't know. It is a trip. This was an experience. (laughs) I'm really glad that you reached out, and um, I don't know. I plan on probably keeping in touch with you for a while because I I enjoy you guys.
0: I'm sorry about that. Keep You're going. <laughs>
1: um, I just enjoyed talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, that's it. I didn't feel awkward or uncomfortable. And if anyone from my podcast is listening to this, you know how it went last time I was on someone else's podcast. Not well. So <laughs> um, No, this was for everyone here that is listening to hacked history and not coming from my end. Uh, thank you for listening, and I hope to hear from you or anything else. Uh, reach out if you want. Give me a case suggestion or two. But also keep listening to Hacked History because they're fucking awesome.
0: Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, because Jake isn't available to say it, um, we appreciate Everybody have a fantastic time, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're listening to this. Have a great time, um, and we hope you appreciate it, and we'll be back with more episodes soon.